Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on? What do I do, guys? I can't hear anything. What do I do? Drew, could you hear something in yours? No, right? Are you on best of? Are you on best of? We have dead air? We gotta put a best of on Drew. We're gonna lose every station we have. This thing sucks! Who is your daddy? And what does he do? End of day. The freedom of speech is being taken away. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael. I am your wartime show host. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners out there, we hope you stick around. I think you may enjoy what we have in store for you. Now remember, no matter what it is that you do choose to believe, we do admire you for your curiosity. My guest this evening is Charlie Robinson. Charlie is the author of The Octopus of Global Control and the host of the podcast Macro Aggressions. You can find the show on all popular platforms. Please put your hands together for Mr. Charlie Robinson. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing us into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Tremendous, right? I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to see all of you out there. Always nice, wherever it is that you are on this island Earth, wherever it is you may be on this island Earth, I, I do wish you the very best, friend and foe alike. And of course, it is July 18th, 2020, and we are back into quarantine out here in all central California, back into shelter in place. It hasn't officially happened just yet, but I'm already calling it. For those that don't know, El Centro has been getting bombarded. Oh yes, it's quite devastating. And of course, I've been wondering this week, is COVID-19 perhaps the rapture? Is this a sign from God? Some will argue that the earth looks drastically better without so many humans around. Do you agree with that? Do you? I have to say, I didn't expect the end times to be like this, that's for sure. What can only be, be described as a bad horror film found on Netflix. Here we are for better or for worse, boys and girls. As usual, there's plenty to discuss. I'm here all night with you. More to come on the second half of the program. Now, without further ado, let's get down to brass tacks and bring in my guest, who I believe is patiently waiting right now, Mr. Charlie Robinson. Let's patch him in. Charlie, how are you? I'm great. It's been a while since we talked, and I think the world has been turned on its head, which is fun. So, 
it's we have been a lot to catch up on. Right, it's been about a year, right? Yeah. Wow, the world has changed in such a little time. It's almost unrecognizable whether you're talking about physically interacting with people or going to the town, you know, main street and seeing things closed up or interacting with people online. Everything's different. It's it's wild and and not in a good way. It's wild west more like and uh you know, we're only halfway there <laughs> through the year. So. Right. It's incredible, really. And welcome back to the program. Thank you kindly for sharing some of your time with us. And how are you, Charlie? You know, overall, I think I'm fine. But I, lately, I've been I've been quite embarrassed of of us as a species, and maybe more specifically as Americans. Um, been really disappointed with with the way people have been brainlessly, mindlessly just consuming all of the nonsense that the media and the government is spewing out and just blindly following these maniacs that have been caught lying to us on so many occasions. And yet I see humanity just getting in a single file line and doing what they're told. And and it's kind of disgusting. And I, and I feel sad about it and I feel a bit, you know, dejected, but, uh, I'm trying to remain optimistic because I, I understand that, you know, the game's not over yet, but I've just been, I've been a bit disappointed with the, the response from people. And how is the family, by the way, I forgot to ask. Family's fine. The family is, uh, I was in Florida for vacation. The family's still there and I am now back home in Colorado. So I get to, um, get some work done, uh, by myself and talk to you late night. So it's cool. Very nice. Now you're the author of the book, the octopus of uh, global control. I really enjoyed the book by the way. Thank you. I, I, I tried to, um, I tried to infuse some dark humor into it because, you know, frankly, the topics were a bit um, serious and heavy. And, and and a lot of it is, you know, uncovers some of these aspects of our lives, these control systems that we don't really notice. You know, we don't really pay much attention to them, but they're there. And, um, you know, when you read about that stuff, it, it, it can be a bit hard, hard to handle. So I had to find a way to uh, lighten it up. So I also, you know, have the ability to to laugh at how crazy all this stuff is. So I, I tried to infuse my my warped sense of humor to keep people hanging in there because I think the information in it is important and the format of the book is is a little different from most. I took quotes from over 500 different people that had had some sort of um, involvement in or had a unusual or interesting opinion about some of the important events and in our history to use that to punctuate it. And so you could hear the words of guys like the Rockefellers and Rothschilds and Clintons and Bushes, but also you'd get a little, get a little George Carlin and Bill Hicks and Joe Rogan in there too, to balance it out. So that's, uh, that was what sort of launched me on this, uh, this journey was deciding that, you know, I didn't know how I was going to contribute to, you know, trying to wake people up. And I, didn't have a radio show or a podcast or have the ability to, to make movies really. And I, I figured, you know, I, I think I could write this down. So I just set about to do that. And I'm really glad I did. Very nice. It had a very different sort of energy to it, much more upbeat and uh, present, unlike many other books out there. And of course, the cover of the book 
very good. I, I think yeah. it's very slick. I'll tell you about the cover. So <laughs> the cover um, is this cartoonish earth with an octopus sitting on it. And, uh, and in, on the book cover, it's red, white, and blue. The octopus is red, white, and blue. But the original picture of that is a yellow octopus. And where it comes from is the National Reconnaissance Office um, spy satellite that they launched. And they put logos on all of their spy satellites. And it was this big octopus. And it said, nothing is beyond our reach. And I thought that that was just a really horrifying thought, you know? And so I incorporated that. I used that as the cover art for it. So it, it's a little cartoonish and people are like, oh, it's a cute octopus. I'm like, yeah, it is. But it's but where it comes from is a very dark agency of the U.S. government that nobody even really talks about that's doing who knows what in the skies above us. And, you know, and, and that spy satellite was – was uh, just it was their 39th one i think they've got even more um i'll give them credit though they make cool logos i mean all of them are kind of kind of neat looking but uh That's they're true. spy satellites <laughs> so they're doing something you know that we probably it's probably not in our best interest up there all those logos and patches look great by the way yeah i always thought the the apollo ones did too and then you dig into it and try and find like all this symbology and, and there's some in there so yeah, I always like I always like this. So anyway, I, I, I stole it. I stole it from them. You lifted they, it. They already know that because they're a spy agency. Don't worry, Charlie. You, you borrowed it. I borrowed it. No worries. <laughs> and of course, Charlie, it's been a few years since the book was first initially released. Has your stance on any of the topics changed throughout this time? Oh, it's a good question. I'd have to go back and reread it and to make sure that I'm I'm aligned with everything. It, but I would say that for the most part, the majority, yes, yeah, the majority, yeah, and 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 you know, one of the things I did put in the book, um, and, and I and I say it frequently is that you know I, I reserve the right to change my mind on some of these things, of course, if I'm presented with new or better evidence that contradicts it because in the end i just want to get it right and if i'm if i'm wrong on something hey i will i'll own up to it actually there's there's one error in the book that um god it was such an easy one to make too but but somebody called me out on it and they're 100 percent right i mistakenly referred to ben franklin as being one of the presidents and he wasn't he was a signer on the declaration of independence and he was in that whole crew but he wasn't technically a president so i so i already so somebody already fact they got you on that huh yeah. They went after you, I'm sure. I was just yeah, going to. They were like, how dare you? Do that? <laughs> I, I just re- emailed them right back. I'm like, you're 100% right. I totally, I missed it. But, uh, but I, but, you know, look, in, in the end, with this, in this alternative media world, that uh, should always be the goal is to get it right. You know, not, not necessarily to get it fast or not, you know, not, not to get so married to an idea that you're unwilling to change once you realize that it's wrong. I mean, we, we have to hold ourselves to really high standards because, you know, the, the corporate media doesn't, you know, they're a bunch of lunatics and, um, and they, and, but of course, they project onto us that we're the all, all of us in the alternative media are these unhinged tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists. When actually, if you look at the alternative media, we have to sort of work twice as hard for credibility and, you know, and make sure that we're 
you know, all of our stuff is as buttoned up as it can be because, um, because there's plenty of people looking to poke holes in what we're talking about. So it's really important for us to have a sort of a mentality of like, I, I want to make sure I get it, all the information correct, even if it means I have to sort of own up to making a mistake. So, right. And I was just going to ask, have you received any criticism for the book? Not, not that I can think of. I've gotten some criticism for my podcast, but I, I haven't gotten, I haven't really gotten criticism for, from the book to be that I can think of. So it's not to say that there isn't criticism of it. I just sure. don't think anyone was so enraged that they reached out and, and emailed me about how horrible it was. Actually, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised w with the, uh, Oh well, I take that back. I did, I did get one one bad review there we go. of the book, and it was it was from my wife. Oh, the wife. <laughs> well, it wasn't that it wasn't that she didn't like the book. It's that I didn't tell her I wrote the book, mm. and I did it in total secrecy. And she found out when she intercepted a box that got sent to the house that had the first batch of all the books in it, and she didn't know I was writing the book. And she told me to get out of the house because I was emotionally shit. cheating on her. So, I so had a feeling that was going to come. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't really have a plan for what emotionally to do cheating. Was, my goodness, was to, I, I tried to say, you know, there there could have been a whole lot of worse scenarios, right? Like I have a double life, some or you know, <laughs> a second family. Right, right. It, it is a book I wrote, you know, and she and she but she got now mad, she's yeah. warmed up to it. So so I've 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 changed her mind a well, little bit. Well, I think there was there are worse things she could have discovered about you. I'm sure. For sure. Yeah, right. of course. <laughs> the book is, 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 is not that bad. You better delete your browser history, by the way, Charlie. She might be right, catching on go. to you. Yep. Oh, shit. That My is true. Goodness, yeah. I, uh, you know, I hate to uh, digress here, but, well, well, we'll stick to the topic here, but Charlie, I mean, you know, it's there's some women out there, if they catch you watching porn, it's over. They think they consider that cheating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I said you better delete your browser history there. I'm Holy sure shit. There, I'm sure there are. Yeah, for sure. My goodness. Yeah, that's an argument nobody wants to have. So, Charlie, back on track here. I, I enjoyed, <laughs> yes, I enjoy dark humor and sarcasm. It's, it's described in your book, and of course you just told us, and this show is fueled just by that, which is why I found your book to be a breath of fresh air. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I've been told recently that I have British humor. So, Brit humor. Uh, yeah. So, I, and and of course that probably it's you know true because I loved you know Monty Python and A Fish Called Wanda and all, and Benny Hill and all that stuff. So maybe some of my childhood you know you know British humor sort of got infused in, into the book. I mean, it's there are some there's some things that you read and you just have to laugh because it is so crazy. You you almost can't believe that these things are true. And so so it, it we're we're better off in this world if we have a sense of humor. Uh I mean, that's not to say everybody needs to be a stand-up comic or anything like that, but just to be able to sometimes laugh at how ridiculous things are is incredibly empowering. And not everybody does it, obviously. And lately, I feel like humor in this world is severely lacking. And oh, of um, course. And, you know, cause every, I mean, there's, cause people are facing serious problems. Obviously it's, it's not a, you know, it's nothing to laugh at when you've lost your job and you're not sure how you're going to eat. But, um, so I'm not, I'm not, obviously I'm not discounting that, but, but 
where we can find the humor in it, it's, uh, I feel like it might be healthy for us because, uh, boy, this has been the craziest year oh, you know, yeah. that I've ever lived through. Anyone and, um, that any, anyone's ever lived through. This is insane. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, and this is an example. I just, I feel like sometimes I just have to laugh when the, when the news came out and said, that murder hornets were coming. I I literally burst out laughing. I was like, "This is this is what I want." Okay, give me more murder hornets in this because now I feel like I'm living in a simulation and I'm not really all that sad because I, I figure everything's going to be fine. <laughs> but when they threw the murder hornets out, I was like, "Okay, that's that's 2020 for you. That's how how it's going to be." So you know, keep your Everybody keep your sense of humor handy. That's right. If you don't have a sense of humor, you are going to have a hard life. You certainly Guaranteed. will. Guaranteed. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's. I'm glad that you found you liked the humor in the book. Oh, I could appreciate it. Yes. Because I, I, I always have, I always have uh, a little bit of uneasiness about that being misconstrued as me not taking a topic seriously. If I punctuate it with some like sort of zinger at the end sure i don't want people to think that that i'm discounting it or you know making light of it so so sometimes i, w- I wonder how that plays with everybody but uh, uh, but you know i i watch sam tripoli do a really good job of infusing his humor into these conspiratorial type of topics and and how people respond to that because it's more fun and more acceptable to uh, talk about these things if you're also kind of laughing about them too. So um, I feel like he's on to something with the sense of humor. I know you've got you've got a cool dark sense of humor too. So you know th- this is something that's this is also something that's sorely lacking in the like conspiratorial community because every all the topics are so serious and everybody takes them so seriously they're afraid to you know be disrespectful but when you find someone you know making you know making people laugh no people are afraid of everything now but who you know people are 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 afraid of everything now it's uh, difficult for a comic uh pre-covid yeah Oh, I, I I had a conversation with with Sam Tripoli about that as well. I said, "Do you ever?" I said, "You can't." Do you ever play colleges? And he's like, "Oh my God, no way! There's well, no can't. way I could play a college anymore." He's like, I, "I would get yanked off the stage halfway through." He's like, "There's," he's like, "I don't need that aggravation in my life." And he said, "No, nobody's playing colleges anymore. They're just they they can't do it." That's and that's a really sad indictment of like this that generation the college generation it's like well it's a part of oh the cancel God, culture like, now that's it's it's gross and and, and, down. and and it's not productive and, and you're not preparing yourself for real life if you can like go to your safe space at your university that your your the chancellor set up for you so that you can go there and not have any anybody hurt your feelings and everything like what are we doing that's a, you're supposed to be preparing kids for life in the real world and that is not how you do it by by giving them a safe space and telling it letting them suck their thumb in there it's just it's crazy so you know this is unfortunately is is manifesting itself uh this college you know the social justice warrior soy boy whatever you want to call it group is is now rioting as antifa <laughs> you know, Amazing and it's time. like this is the least scary terrorist organization I've ever seen in my life. 
Yes. Nothing to worry about. The last kids picked for kickball. You know what I mean? I agree. Or like, you know, when Al Qaeda, you know, the Al Qaeda videos that they would show with all the, the, the jihadis going across the monkey bars. I miss those videos, by the have way. That criteria for, for joining their, their club. None of them could go across the monkey bars. They'd fall off. By the way, Charlie, don't, don't you miss those days of getting those videos all the time? <laughs> those were fun. <laughs> oh, man. But again, um, just to wrap up with the book here, will you be making another anytime soon? As a matter of fact, yes. I have um, a new book that we're just finishing up the last edits on uh, called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. And I wrote that with Jeff Berwick, who is the uh, dollar vigilante and the founder of Anarchapulco. Um, and so, yeah, that book will be coming out in a couple of weeks. It's almost done. He's Jeff's just finishing up the last touches, and then we're ready to send that off to the printer. So um, that'll be, you know, and, and that book is going to be interesting because we were able to catch it before um, we officially, you know, wrapped it all up, and, and we were able to add coronavirus uh, stuff to it as nice. well. Nice. Okay. Which, so it's as fresh and as relevant as as possible. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, what's on the horizon. Your way soon. I'll make sure. Obviously, I'll make sure you get a copy of it as soon as it's wrapped up. Oh yeah, definitely. I would love to read that. And of course, I also wanted to mention your show, and I had a chance to listen, and I enjoyed it. And I don't really, li- I don't really listen to any shows that aren't outside of the comedy world. Few and far between. I'm quite apathetic in various departments, Charlie. Yeah, well, I'm I sure you're too. surprised. <laughs> I'm sure you're very shocked to hear that. Uh, well, I am too. I'm with you. Love that. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you like the show. It's yeah, man. It's- I- I enjoyed it, and I'll give you an example so you know I'm not lying to you. In the last show you did, you brought up some pretty interesting topics, and it reminded me, it reminded me so much of various individuals I've come across in my journey, and I'm referring to the episode titled, How Religion is Used to Control the World. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that's quite uh, apropos, and would love to tag on to that by saying politics is the new religion in, in the 21st century, as you are well aware yeah. of that by now. Um, I was going to call you Mr. Robinson. Oh, please don't. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's 100% true. Yeah, the you know, and as far as the the religion, you know, talking about religion is so dangerous now very. you know so many people are, are very sensitive about it and i just come at it from a place of i'm not religious uh you know i'm you know that sort of dumb line you know spiritual but not re- religious like listen i i'm way into mushrooms and ayahuasca and dmt and all that stuff so i i am interested in what is going on in this world in this universe as much as you know but i don't identify with the traditional religions or churches or you know things like that uh i don't care if someone else does it's none of my business i i don't i don't give them a hard time or i don't I'm not trying to tell them that they're wrong or anything but i i i acknowledge though that each one of those religions is a form of control now it can be used in a good way it can you know help to control people and make them feel better and rise you know have them rise up and 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 feel like they're a part of a community and all these things could be great but it can also be used to control people in a very 
negative way too. So, so I have, I have real questions about religion. I, I had a guy, I had Eric Gajewski on uh, the episode before from trad cat night and he does a show talking about, I mean, he's hardcore into it, you know, way into like Catholic prophecy. He's a hardcore Catholic stuff. Like I have no concept of this. So I would have him on and, and people were like, Whoa, like he's into some, he's into some alternative stuff. I'm like, yeah, he is, you know, have, well, I'm going to have all kinds of people on. We're going to talk about some some different topics. And, and he was the guy I wanted to go to about religion because he knows more about his version of it than anybody I know. But uh, but that's an area that I'm kind of lacking in too. You know, I don't have – I don't – I'm not somebody that can be like, oh, this was in the Bible and, you know, I don't have that sort of background. So I need to, you know, have people – you know, tell me about it. You know, I, I don't know enough about religion on my own. I need to go learn from other people. Right. And of course, politics and religion go hand in hand and they are unequivocally used to control the world. The evangelicals out there play a significant role. Let's not leave them out. As you know, we are seeing it right before our very own eyes. And it's always been that way. It's just now people are slowly beginning to see how badly things are out of sync. Yeah, the, yeah, our system, while not perfect, it, it needs a lot of work, obviously. And I wish the priorities of this nation were much different. I can see where the money needs to be going and not be going, but that's no. a that's a whole different story. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, do we need to um, do we? You know, is this a teardown job? The United States? Do we have to take it all the way down to the foundation and rebuild it, or can we change some? You know change the layout and make this a little bit more workable if this if we're talking about a house as a floor plan knock some walls down change some things around you know and by that i mean like probably what you're talking about how we allocate our money like what what's important to us why is our military budget more than you know a trillion dollars a year why are we why do we prioritize giving bailing out wall street why are why are we run by banks you know if we change some of these things We'd have a much different environment and a much different world. So I don't know that we need to necessarily, you know, blow the whole thing up. But but we've got some problems. We need to, uh, oh, I to, agree. You know, to focus on. And I know that some people call, you know, will say, well, that's isolationist or you know nationalism or whatever sort of term people want to tag on to that. But it's like, no, no, it's it's prioritizing the United States and taking care of our own problems before we go sticking our nose in other countries' business. Now, I know it's unrealistic because our war society is set up that way. But I mean, just theoretically, we don't need to be spending all this money on military. Nobody's coming to attack us. Um, but we could certainly use that money to fix all the infrastructure in the country that's 50 years behind. That's you know, something or, or, I was going to mention, but I'm glad you mentioned that uh, for me there. And uh, the economy is hanging on by thread. And we need the proverbial Hail Mary. And the yeah. problem is we are not going to see that right now. No one is going to fix this issue. No president will be able to get this nation out of the hole that we are currently in. The damage has been dealt, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. We're, so my, my background is real estate. I have worked in real estate and still currently do it. Oh, that's right. 20, almost 20 years. And 
I, you know, what, what woke me up to this whole thing was the 2008 crash and my involvement in that being in Las Vegas real estate and selling all these houses and watching the things go up, up, up and then crashing. And so I come at this economy thing from, uh, always from a, a bit of a real estate perspective. You saw it and firsthand. Yeah. I saw it firsthand. And what I see moving forward with 2020 is, um, a catastrophe in in the real estate market the early on i know sales are actually happening at a, at a bit of a greater rate right now but that's not going going to last we are about to experience a retail apocalypse with you know maybe 20 percent of the stores closing up uh, not just little ones too big box stores we're already seeing that with jc pennies and sears is in bankruptcy or they were in a, they were a mess before that but you know pier one and all these all these retail stores are going under and then that has a contagion effect where it, it then affects everybody it affects the people that own those own those buildings it affects the other tenants in there that are counting on there being a pier one in this shopping center because it attracts business to their yogurt shop well when Pier one goes out, then there's less traffic there. So it just it infects everything. And so if people are talking about how well we'll just get over the we'll just get past it and then things will snap back the way they were, they're they're delusional because it's not happening. There's there's not an economy right now, and this is this is never this has never happened. And so retail real estate will eventually lead to you know people not the the stores are closing so the people don't have their jobs if they don't have their jobs they are not going to be able to pay the mortgage on their house so they're going to start losing their houses that's a huge problem and so this will infect the residential real estate component too and i hate to sound so negative about it because i i work in this industry and i am um, i live in the united states and i don't want this to happen but i have to be objective you can be honest. about it and, and honest and what i see is is you know, a real economic collapse. And it's not the kind that you can really stop at this point. So I feel like those people, you know, the people that when in Banda Aceh uh, tsunami 2004, the waters receded and all the people walked down to the beach right. and went and said, isn't this crazy? Look where the, the water's gone. But the people that recognize that they said, we know what that means. And they went to higher ground. And those are the people that survived because they recognized the signs because they had seen it before. They knew when the water comes out, it's going to come right back in with a huge wall. And I'll tell you right now, I'm headed for the hills, not the beach, because I'm seeing the same things. Amazing. And I'm glad you brought up 2008 and that financial crash that we all very much remember. And yes, it, it would be interesting for and, more and, people and, to like look back in time and, and remember what was going on in 2008 with the economy and the fact that some CEOs got raises while their yeah. employees got laid off. Yeah. Corporate welfare. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And we, we were outraged. I mean, they did it. They didn't really, you know, they lied to us and they, and all that stuff. And, and we let them do it, but we were outraged and swore that that would never happen again. And it just happened again. Just happened. It just happened two two months ago. They, they the Fed just bailed out all of Wall Street and and all of the big private equity and big business and and they did it again. So I'm pretty much <laughs> like, screwed either what, way. Uh, you know, whatever we do, everything has been pretty uh, pretty fucked. 
Yeah, yeah, it has been, and it and it's a it's a product of this this bank run system that we currently live under that is has infected you know Wall Street and Washington D.C. and they run the world just based on what they want, and it doesn't it does it's it's never what we want, you know. It's always how what they want, and and then and things fall apart because they they're so greedy they run things into the ground like this i am convinced um that the coronavirus situation is is just the perfect cover for the economic collapse that was coming anyway now i'm not i don't know i'm not trying to say that i that wall street engineered it sure wall street was happy that it happened i'll tell you that much because it provides cover because they were blowing up the economy again it was this was this whole thing was coming down um well in advance of coronavirus so like i said jeff and i were writing this book about the controlled demolition of the american empire uh for the last year and a half so we and way before coronavirus so it's it doesn't have it didn't have anything to do with that but it's going to be used as the cover story and the excuse and and, and it'll be part of the reason of course that the that the whole economy crashes but make no mistake about it the banks were crashing it beforehand too and you all you have to do is look at the canary in the coal mine which is deutsche bank which is a gigantic disaster it's a huge banking fraud and it's about to collapse and when that happens it takes it's systemic it takes them all down and when all those banks go down then the world goes down <laughs> and so right. you know we're we're watching this and we're saying this is what's coming this is what's coming this is why i'm saying like i feel like i'm up on the hill saying don't go down to the beach don't go down to the beach because you're you're about to get this you're about to have you know this 2008 economic crash all over again but it's going to be much bigger and 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 i i dread it Frankly, I'm not right. excited about it. But, but that being said, w when there are situations like this, and it, and it might sound cynical or it might sound bad, but there are also opportunities as well. So some people will find opportunities out of this, but it but it's going to be bad for a lot of people. Understood. Let's back up for a moment here. From my recollection, you had a pretty normal upbringing, right? Both mom and dad were in the picture, right? Yep, mom and dad were in the picture. My dad died when I was 16. Oh my. Uh, yeah, so that was. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, it was. It's one of those things, but uh, I hear you. Um, but I, but my mom and I are still extremely close, and yeah, I had a, I had a good, I had, a, I had a great childhood. Nothing to complain about there. Religious upbringing? No, no, not religious. Um, my mom felt guilt, felt tried to make me go to church when I was a kid, but I she see. wasn't really sure why she was doing that. She just kind of felt like she was supposed to, and and. I just wasn't into it, and so I think we went a couple times, and then that was and that was it. That was it. That was all she yeah. wrote, yes. And uh, Charlie, what about today? Are, are you religious at all today? I'm not religious at all today. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm. I'm interested in uh, you know how how it all works, of course, but I'm not. Uh, you know, so I so when the last couple of years I've been a speaker at Anarchapulco, and when you're down there, you get the opportunity to do um, these ceremonies that are, you know, ayahuasca ceremonies, DMT, peyote, and things like that. So I've, I've done all those down there. And, um, and that is my, that's my sort of, I don't want to say religion, but it, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to figure out how it all works, I, I, I've tried a couple of those things to see, to see what it's all about. And, uh, I, I enjoy it, but I'm not, uh, not, uh, 
I'm not super religious. I, uh, you know, just never, and really, frankly, none of my friends are either. I think, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's just a, a cultural thing. The heretic what, right just, here, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Charlie Robinson. <laughs> so let, let's say we were ultra religious earlier in the intro of the show. I mentioned what if COVID-19 was the rapture? What if these are the end times, Charlie? For some people, it is. Well, you know, yeah, I guess that just means what's the definition of end times, you know? I mean, this for for some people, this is as bad, you know, this is going to get really bad. This Um, is bad. I don't know, you know, I'm sure some, I'm sure some biblical scholars can pull references to, you know, some of the occurrences that we've seen recently with plagues and locusts and, you know, all the stories that we've heard and, and try and tie it in and say, yep, this is it. This is the end. But, uh, um, you know, in a sense, it is the end. It's the end of the way it was. And it's the beginning of something rather weird. You know, um, I feel like we might not be able to go back to that old way. I mean, we should, right. we should take our masks off and, and say, we're not participating in this nonsense, but I don't think that humanity is doing that. I think humanity is just accepting what's being offered to them. And what's being offered is this new weird version of reality. And so in a sense, you know, it is the rapture, I guess. Yeah. Every early civilization talked about the end times. I think it's, in, it's kind of like embedded into our psyche for some reason. Yeah. The fact that we're always looking into what's around the corner, what's next, how does this end? Yeah, get we're all getting our black Nike high tops and <laughs> putting our purple shrouds on and Love going that. off to the mothership. You know, we are definitely. And of course, recently we've seen statues being defaced. I've been thinking, Charlie. Soon the Bible will be banned and outlawed. I mean, it might happen. That's the way I'm seeing it. Religion will probably go away, Charlie. I mean, anything at this point, you know, it's just, it's funny to me, like the amount of energy that's being expended towards tearing down these statues and everything. So it's like, like it's, I get it. You're trying to, you're trying to send the message, but it's such a, such a hollow thing because you're not changing anything by doing that. You're not changing systemic races. You're not changing the way that we, have set up the prison system here, you know, the, 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 the rioting that happened the, earlier this year and everything like, you know, the black community has a, has a right to be pissed off. I mean, frankly, like what took them so long? Um, I don't agree with, you know, the way it all went down and everything, but you know, it, it you know, we've got to make some major changes here. And, and I think that the, the, prison system that we've been I don't know why the prison system's on my mind but it just is such an unfair component of our society that just makes everything much worse and uh, um, I really just feel like that something like that should should be oh I know why why it's on my mind um, what's his name who just died today who died um, the African-American politician I can't remember his name. He was an older gentleman. Anyway, he was this civil rights activist guy, John Jones or something like that. Oh, yes, yes. 
Yeah, and and he was uh, the civil rights guy, and everyone they were saying, praising him and saying, "Oh, what a great job he did!" And he did so much for the black community. And then someone else was like, "You know, that guy signed the Clinton omnibus crime bill. That guy like was enthusiastically for it, and that set up the private prison industry, which put." disproportionate number of black people in prison on extended prison sentences. Like, why are you guys celebrating him? So, uh, John Lewis, right. Yeah. That's Dead it. Yeah. at 80 years old, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so. wild times. And again, statistically speaking, the newer generations have become less and less religious the last 20 years or so. So again, yeah. I, I think religion is probably going to go next. Uh, yeah. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Don't be shocked I, I, if it I happens. I wouldn't really be surprised. And I think I think that's a shame. Like I said, I'm not religious, but I think that's a shame because a lot of people really have connections to that. And it's important. It's an anchor in their lives and makes a big difference to them. And it's like it, it matters. And, it, it, you know, in some for some people, it's like the, you know, it's like a focal point. And to, to destroy that, then you're really just you're really just it, trying to tear apart society and that I have, you know, it, it just seems like an, un, like an unrealistic reaction to this whole thing. You don't need to destroy religion. Hell, religion is going to give a lot of people the comfort they need to deal with this new reality. You know, they're probably going to need to keep that around. But, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they set out to try to, uh, to destroy that. If you're, you know, the, 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 underlying theme of this whole thing is this push towards a one world government which i know a lot of people when they hear that they kind of roll their eyes the new woke that. order yeah the new world order the they, new woke think, new woke oh, new order woke. yeah <laughs> well when you talk about the new world order then you know and one of the things that they talk about is this need for there to not be you know, to destroy religion and have it be a one world religion. So I don't know what that would look like for people, but that might be part of we this might see agenda. That. We might see that. Undermining individual religions and trying to cut them out one at a time till you maybe are left with only one. And it would be the religion of the one world or whatever. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why in a moment, why I believe this is going to happen. But again, I just wanted to quickly state I'm all about freedom of choice and religion, blah, blah, blah. And I have to say, this is what's going to happen uh, because right now they are going to go after white Jesus. That's that's the reason why. I'm not sure if you are familiar with that, but if you look at it from a biblical point of view, the biblical accuracy of Jesus not being white is out there, obviously. So this is a problem for the BLM movement and the council culture. So this is the reason why I'm thinking uh, Jesus is next. The portrait of white Jesus that everyone is so familiar with is probably going to be removed in the next few years here with things turning out the way they have been these last several months. Don't be surprised, people. I saw a great meme that said 1950 colon. I bet in 70 years we'll have flying cars. And then it said 2020 colon. This syrup is racist. My goodness. I mean, that's where we've come in 70 years. Oh, everything's racist now. Everything's racist. Yeah, but I'm, I'm afraid that's going to happen about now. everything being racist. It's, it's really incredible. But um, just look into it, folks. You, you'll see for yourself when it happens. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And next they're going after Bob's big boys. I'm sure of it. Most likely true. 
How dare they? They're saying Jesus was black in the chat room. I thought he was like a dark-skinned Muslim Jew hippie. Yeah, that just doesn't play well in the U.S., though. It doesn't. When I think of Jesus, Charlie, I think of like a, a bit of like a hippie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hippie Jesus, right. A guy at Burning Man, maybe. Um, but, yeah, if you're going, you know, it's hard to have, I would imagine that it's hard to have, let's say you're Southern gentleman in your 70s, very religious, loves Jesus. I don't know that they might have that kind of attachment if the Jesus that was black, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like marketing, kind of like know your audience, make Jesus white if you're coming to the United States because there's a lot of white people there and they'll like that, they'll connect with that better. So I think the church probably did their, uh, did some test marketing. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, the son of God. Good times. I definitely would like to hear anyone out there weigh in on this. If you think Jesus is actually white and not dark. He's mocha. You should. Yeah. He's like gelato. (laughs) You can try to argue against it, but you would be demonstrably incorrect. My friends, Jesus was dark. Yeah. Good times. And of course we have Catholicism. You mentioned earlier, you brought in a very prominent guest who speaks about Catholicism. And he also has been on this program as well. And I don't think he enjoyed his stay very much. No, but that's okay. <laughs> yes. And well, well, I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to lie to you though. I mean, Catholicism, when we talk about it, I, I can't help but think of the Vatican and all the crimes they are responsible for. Oh yeah. Promoting harm and lies, the sex trafficking of nuns and illegally moving pedophiles around uh, church to church. Yeah. And, 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 uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, that's one that's that's tough for me because I, I don't know that if you know if I were if if I were, if I were religious and my organ is no okay this is something that I could maybe relate to if I'm a sports fan and my favorite sports team that I've loved forever turns out that the people running it are all a bunch of crazy pedophiles <laughs> right I, I can't root for that team anymore you know I'm what with I mean? you on that yes. I I love that team. I had a lot of good memories, but I can't get on board with that shit. You know, I so can't either. I, I would. So I wonder about the Catholic community. Like, if they look at that and go, "I still love God, and I still like the pomp and circumstance and all this, and getting together on Sundays." But you know, you people there running it, you're fucking maniacs, and I don't want anything to do with you. I wonder if if they if they do. I hope they do because I just would have a really hard time rectifying that in my head about how I could go there every week and give them money and know that some of, you know, a portion of that money is going to be used to pay off victims of child sex abuse that is not just here or there, but rampant to the point where they've paid out $4 billion in settlements Amazing. many more to go. So, you know, like I'm not going to shit on somebody's God or their choice of religion or whatever, but I would just, you know, I just, that's one that I, I I just have a hard time understanding how you can still root for that team. Yes. uh, You judge a person by their actions and look at their actions. Yeah. And, and Cardinal Pell, you know, this guy was super high ranking third in command, I guess getting arrested, getting charged in Australia with boys. And everything. I mean, this is, this was not, you know, a couple, you know, l- loose ends, you know, a couple, a couple, you know, weirdos that happened to make it like this was a systemic problem and it still continues to be. And so it's, um, it's a serious topic and, and maybe, you know, 
the th- one of the the interesting things of 2020 is that we're we're now talking about things that we weren't talking about before. Like as an example, the world now knows who Ghislaine Maxwell right. is, and they know that she was involved in child sex trafficking and all of this with Jeffrey Epstein, and they and and they know that they're. There's, you know, the casual observer even knows that more than likely he was working for a spy agency as well. So at least now, even though it's a horrible, you know, depressing operation that was running there, at least now, like the, in the minds of just the average American, they at least know that that's a possibility and maybe that will help prevent it, you know, from happening uh, any anymore because there's now an awareness of it. So it... it you know, at least in this crazy world that we're starting to become more aware of the Catholic Church and all the shenanigans there. That is now known information, undeniable. And now you've got uh, the Epstein slash Glenn Maxwell situation. How so, exciting, by the way. What's that? I said, how exciting, by the way, that she's behind bars, but hopefully they don't kill her. I know. I, yeah, I, I, I want them to extract as much information out of her as possible, but but uh, I, I wouldn't – I also secretly wouldn't mind if somebody took a little prison justice out on her, but uh, – but, uh, We need her she, singing, though. We, we can't whack her right away. No, we, I, we know, actually probably singing. the worst thing for her would be to, to sit in a prison cell for the rest of her life, but uh, um, – but I don't know. Yeah, we, need, a, we need her singing, my friend. We need her to give do, up the names sure. and that video yeah. footage. That's what I want to find out. Bring back Cheney's waterboarding. That's right. And, of course, Richard in the chat room says, pretty sure Jesus was LGBT. He, <laughs> it might have been. I think you're right. Yes. He might have been. I don't know. I, I wouldn't judge Jesus, but. He was gender fluid. That's right. He didn't discriminate. He wasn't a hater. No, exactly. He wasn't a hater, that's for sure. And uh, back to this issue with pedophilia and religion, it seems like everyone just simply turned a blind eye, even way back then when all these issues were coming to fruition. The Jehovah Witnesses over at the Watchtower in New York, that's their HQ, they faced a similar a similar issue, but not like the Vatican. And it, it's, it's interesting, and I was asking uh, Eric... Can you forgive these individuals, the Pope, uh, and just everyone else that knew that they knew that these crimes were being committed, these heinous crimes? Can you forgive these individuals? And he sort of danced around that. Yeah, I I can't. I can't either. I mean, maybe 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 I should be a bigger man or whatever. But when it comes to doing these things to kids, I I just. You know, I, I have a different set of standards for that. I just am, I have no sympathy for them. I have no remorse. I have no problem with whatever happens to them happens to them, provided that they they actually are are you know guilty of doing it. I I just don't. Uh, it's just one that that I couldn't I couldn't ever uh, reconcile. Right, and we'll wrap up here with religion in a moment here, but. Again, I just wanted to quickly ask you, what are your thoughts on, let's say, Mormonism and Scientology? Ooh. If you um, even have an opinion, that is. I I had a funny car ride with a guy I, I worked with um, many years ago in Las Vegas. And I asked him, I said, he was a Mormon guy. And I, and I said, I don't know much about your religion. Will you just tell me like a little bit about it? Will you just lay out the story? I'm just curious. And so he did. He laid out this whole story. And I... I made a joke at the end. Um, it was it was a it was kind of a joke, but it was 
That was kind of half true. I, I, I said, oh, my God, your whole religion is based on a mushroom trip. And, and I said, I've had that trip, man. I've had that same trip before that your guy had, you know, and I was kind of just messing with him a, a little bit. Right. Um, but it, but I also wasn't totally I- I- inaccurate because it sort of sounded like the story of how, you know, he f- discovered all this. it sounded like somebody that was like tripping their balls off, <laughs> frankly. Well, so, in most cases they were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and so, I mean, I know that that sounds unbelievably disrespectful to that religion but i i just the 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 premise of it was was one it just struck me as as being like a like just like a hallucination or something you know so um but but to be but to be fair i don't i don't know enough about the religion to honestly you know say one way or the other i had actually living in las vegas surprisingly about 10 percent of the population is mormon there so i wound up i had a lot of a lot of Mormon friends and they were all like six foot five and blonde and had five kids and everything. It was real, but they were, you know, totally nice guys. So amazing. And the Scientology, course. I don't have, I don't know. any. I don't know anybody. You I just, just know I, Tom Cruise. I just know Tom. I mean, I just know Tom Cruise and I know, uh, I've seen some documentaries and, um, and I know they sue everybody. So I'm not saying shit about them. Good, so. yes. <laughs> it's going to be quiet on that, on that issue. We don't want another lawsuit on our hands here. That's for sure. Oh no. Amazing. And almost done to wrap up with uh, the religious talk, but there was another figure that I wanted to bring up here and I forgot to do so. I have some audio here of Paula White. I'm not quite sure if you are familiar with uh, Trump's uh, main uh, pusher here. Let's play that audio for you, uh, Charlie. Okay. When I walk on White House grounds, God walks on White House grounds. I had every right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there, and where I stand is holy. Amazing stuff, Charlie. That she should, she should be putting up mental asylum. Say no to God. And and I won't do that. We are in a spiritual war right now. Let every demonic network that has aligned itself against the purpose, against the calling of President Trump, let it be broken. Let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. You want me to tell you what my thoughts? My favorite part right here. The King of Kings, the thoughts of the Lord of Lords. I'm downloading heaven. Oh my God. That was my favorite part there, Charlie. Wow. Speaking in tongues. I That's Paula White. A little bit cute, all right? I am Paula That is impressive. Can you believe that? Uh and there is a segment that is going to be like, <laughs> "Yep. I'm down with him now. That is my guy." Because she is uh she's making uh, the White House holy ground. That holy ground. <laughs> These people are making a lot of money, my friend. Paula White, uh, oh. Kenneth Copeland. These individuals are just raking it in. It's it's that quite Kenneth amazing. Copeland guy, I'm telling you right now, I'm almost positive he's a lizard person. You think so? I am almost positive. David Icke was right. He is as close to a, a lizard person as I have ever seen. And that guy is a piece of work. But I'll tell you, he's he's entertaining. He's got a lot of money. I bet he does. I bet he's got all the money. Put your hand on that television set. There he is. Yes, Lord. 
Hallelujah. He's carrying uh, COVID-19 right here, Charlie. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He received your healing. Yes. Now, say it, I take it. I take it. I have it. I have it. It's mine. It's It's mine. I thank you and praise you for it. Yes. And I forgive if I have aught against any. And I praise you that I'm well and whole. I praise you that I'm well and whole. Yes. According to the word of God. According to the word of God. I'm healed. Yes. And I consider not my own body. Yes. I consider yes. not my own body. I consider not symptoms in my body. I consider not, not symptoms, symptoms in my body. But only that which God has promised. Only, only that, that which God, which God has Only that what the Word has said. Only that, that what the Word And by His stripes I was healed. And by His stripes I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's trying to give me the flu. The devil. Or whatever else kind of thing he's trying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heal and well. Yes. In the sweet name, the name of, of Jesus. Glory to God. Do you feel better, by the way, Charlie, now that you are corona free? I kind of do. You feel better? Yeah. In a weird way, wow. right? Wow. I feel like I want to give this guy all my money. <laughs> that's That's how I feel every time I hear those words. You know, the Lord loves all denominations, but he prefers 50s and 100s. That's right. The Lord likes one color, and that's green. That's right. Now, there is a war on freedom of speech playing out right now. No one is calling it not the proper way. Nobody in the mainstream media has mentioned this sort of a war on freedom of speech that's going on, but it's right in front of us. And, Charlie, you... Actually, speaking of which, you were actually removed from Twitter, if I remember correctly. Well, what did you do, Charlie? Were you being bad? I m- made a comment oh, on Charlie. somebody else's tweet. Oh, Charlie. In the middle of February. And, and this was, I'll have you know, this was pre-coronavirus. But I said, when are we going to throw Bill Gates into a volcano? <laughs> That's all I said. And they kicked me off of Twitter for it. Now, I had like 950 followers. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I wasn't like monetizing it or doing anything. You know, I wasn't. Right, right. But I was still pissed off because it was so stupid. You know, it was such a dumb – it was a joke. Obviously, it was – but I I was inciting group violence. Group violence, huh? Yeah. You know, like – Every night on the news <laughs> that we see, group violence everywhere. But I was, I was, you know, yeah. So tw- Twitter did that to me. So yeah, I'm sensitive about the free speech uh, part because um, it, it's it's a it's a crappy feeling when you go in and and you're no longer allowed to communicate there, and you know, and you're like, well, it, it's not real life and everything, and you know, but it's still it's frustrating, and so I'm I'm back on. On Twitter, under a different um, name, you can find at Macroaggression. So that's the name of my podcast. So uh, you, you can find me there. But and I'm still up to my old tricks. So I'll, I'll get thrown off of there at, at some point. But uh, but for the time being, I, I enjoy you know watching all of the insanity. Right. And now we are at the point where we will be talking about COVID nineteen uh, before we wrap up here, and of course. From what I can gather here, you are pretty much against wearing a mask, if I can't sum I'm, it up. I, I'm pro-choice, pro-choice on this. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you know, if it makes you feel better, if you want to do that, if you've watched 
CNN and and that's your thing, you do it. I I I don't want to wear a mask. So, uh, and I don't think I'm being disrespectful to the world. I don't sure. think I'm spreading it. I think that this is a, being blown into historically crazy proportions. Uh, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying it's not killing people like it's the bubonic plague, or, or, or you know. So, so our overreaction to it, I think, is insanity. But uh, right, okay. Do but you, you know that'll mm-hmm. get you into a fight in, in a grocery store. Well, you know, a gun might be pulled out on you, as we saw. Yeah, th- this is this is this is where you know everybody's everybody's on edge. You know, everyone's not not comfortable. They're not sleeping right. You know, they're not they don't know about their jobs. They don't know what what their kids are going to be doing in school next year. They don't know you know who's going to be the president in a couple of months. They no one knows. Yeah, catch some disease. You know, this invisible this disease that is so deadly that you have to get tested for it just to see if you actually have it and has a 99.74% survival rate, you know, so, you know, these, I'm just kind of looking at the the numbers here and this, it seems like a disproportionate reaction to this. Understood. And and you have a child, correct? I do. And they're young, right? Third grade. Third grade. Holy crap. Online. And it was weird. It was weird for her and she's fine, you know, but but I don't want that for another year, for a full year. I don't. I don't want that. Are you going to let your kid go to school? I. I don't. It. it well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let them go to school for sure. But I don't. I'd like them to actually be at a school, right. with other kids, okay. and not doing the virtual thing. But that's. Uh, but you know. <laughs> Are you not afraid of getting sick by your child? No, I'm not afraid of getting sick at all. Not at I, all. I am. I go to the gym and I'm healthy and I don't drink and I don't smoke and I, I, you know, I, I eat well and I do all these things. You know what I do? I do all the things that the media doesn't tell you to do if they want you to get better from some virus. I, I, I exercise, I go out in the sun and get vitamin D. I eat well. Uh, you know, I don't drink and smoke and all these things. Like if the media wanted us to get better from coronavirus and and have ourselves in the best position to fight it or you know or use our immunity they would be talking about things like that i've never heard that from them not once i've only heard all this will be fine once we get the vaccine that's the only that's the only thing i've heard have you have you heard anything to the have you heard them talk about nutrition not at all i've been talking about taking lots of vitamin c for months and uh, they barely started talking about that more recently in times, but I, this is going back months ago. I was talking about the importance of vitamin C and boosting your immune system, but you can't really boost your immune system, uh, to be honest. You, you can optimize it, but not boost your, uh, your, your immune system per se. But yes, the mainstream media has not really detailed these sort of um, facts that you should be working out, that you should be eating right, that you should be taking uh, supplements for your immune system. All these things go out the window, I guess, when, when they get on camera. I'm not sure how it works, but none of these things are being talked about. Yeah, I think the way it works is this. The nightly news gets 60% of their advertising revenue from Big Pharma. So they are not in a huge hurry to tell you about all of the other ways that you can improve your health because for them to do so might be a threat to their own advertising revenue. So that's part of the reason why. 
another part is that the pharmaceutical industry has brainwashed doctors into thinking that the only cure for this is modern medicine when in actuality there are some other things you can do, some real logical common sense type things you can do. But that doesn't get promoted as much. You know, it, it doesn't come out with the enthusiasm that the drug companies do. And it, and, and yet, you know, and, and part of the media component about this is the fact that we are one of two countries in the world, New Zealand being the other one, that allows the pharmaceutical companies to advertise on television. So when, you know, the, the reason why we're only hearing about the vaccine as the cure is because so much of our media society is shaped by pharmaceutical industry. So we, we don't get the holistic doctors or you don't get the, you know, I mean, from time to time, maybe on local news, you get the nutritionist who comes on and tells you something. But for the most part, you're just getting big pharma ads for drugs that you don't need for conditions that you don't have because they just invented them six years earlier. So, you know, we're as a society, we're sort of getting been programmed that we're looking for a pill to fix it instead of like, you have to actually exercise, right. you have to actually not eat ding dongs and ho-hos and things like that. Um, and so, you know, culturally we're, we're also, you know, we're just looking for a shortcut. So that's right. And this country is filled with cardiomyopathy victims, to be honest with you, my friend, <laughs> as cruel as that may sound, that is the truth. And uh, by the way, do you think by wearing the mask or a mask rather, do you think your individual liberties are being stripped away? Hmm. I, if it's mandated, then yeah, then that right there, someone telling you to wear this mask is, that's a violation of my liberties. But if it's, I mean, if you voluntarily put, I mean, if, if you're talking about, you know, you've got to put this mask on or else you can't get on this airplane, right? you know, I, um, well, you're going to have to comply. A, you have to comply. I just traveled. I just got on an airplane. I didn't wear my mask through the airport. I'm not doing this. It wasn't required and I didn't do it to get on the airplane. I had to have it on. I put it over my face, walked down the aisle, sat down on my, my seat, took it off. And that was my, that was me weighing the odds of saying, okay, do I want to be a hundred percent asshole and try and fight the gate agent about this and possibly not get on this plane? (laughs) Or do I want to do it my own special way, put the mask on for 60 seconds while I walk by and then take it off and win this battle. And I chose that though. I understand that some mask purists might say, how dare you, you know, but that was just the, I had to get home. Understood. But it, but it, but I'm well aware of how even just doing that little bit of complying with it is a slippery slope where then it's like, well, are you going to do that? Or, you know, then it's, you got to take the vaccine before you get on the plane. And, you know, it, and it, it just creates this whole possibility of scenarios that come from this. Yeah. So do I think, you know, wearing the mask, mm-hmm. being forced to wear, you know, wearing the mask is a violation of my liberties. Yeah, your I mean, civil individual liberties, right? It, it, yes. In some ways, yes. But, but, but we've got bigger problems coming I in the form say of so. I know, my friend, if we're we're being told that potentially wearing a mask can save you even just a small percentage of the virus, I'm going to have to do that, my friend. And again, I I don't personally feel that our civil individual liberties are being stripped away. I respect everyone's stance on the issue. 
But I also am someone who wants to take no risk whatsoever. Not with this altered abomination. And uh, Max in the chat room mentioned something pretty funny. And it's true, all these people that are very anti-mask. I'm thinking, are these the same people who don't wear a seatbelt when they get into their cars? Uh, maybe. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm joking around when I say that, and I'm sure Max, Max is too, but it's the truth. I mean, do, do a lot of people out there don't wear a seatbelt when they go out? Well, I think the mask situation is more uh, just a, it, it's a, not wearing a mask is more a, a symbol of, I believe this whole thing is being overplayed. So it's a symbol. Yeah. Oh my, I, I hate to hear that people think that way. Well, that this know, is a I symbol mean, you, of something. If if you're if you're not wearing a mask that well it's sim it's signifying that you're not participating in the mask culture you know and so that can mean a, a variety of things it can mean that you just you can't win in, in america you just oh, well, can't yeah, win you, <laughs> you wear a mask you get made fun of you don't wear a mask you, you get made fun it, of it, and, and isn't that convenient that everything is just constantly dividing us up black it's lives sad. matter oh well you know there i i support black people but i don't support black lives matter you know and then there's a fight about that and Everything is just designed. Well, Charlie, like let, me, let me just tell you this. No lives matter to me. That's the way I see <laughs> well, it. At least if you do that, then everybody, you know, then it's like, I, I hate you all equally. There so you, you guys can all go away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And of course, I just wanted to say for the past several months, the world has been at a standstill with COVID-19. What's happening now is completely unimaginable. And again, I personally don't know where you stand in all bases in terms of COVID-19. And I did want to get your opinion on just COVID-19 in general. A listener, a friend of the show named Max, I believe he asked me this question the other day and I'll implement this one. I was going to, this was a question for me, but I want to get your opinion on this too, before I uh, jump in here. But he believes that this was biologically altered and engineered because of its selected aggressive behavior. He further asked what he or what I think, and uh, he's asking if um, if this was created. Do you think this was uh, created yourself, um, Charlie, or do you think this is just uh, uh, the flu? So if if the group consisting of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Johns Hopkins Medical Center, and the World Economic Forum, the three components that's, that ran Event 201, if they weren't involved in that, I might have a different feeling about it, but because those groups that, that have uh, a long history of being involved in some nefarious things, right? because they're involved and they simulated an event almost exactly the way it wound up happening, I am extremely suspicious of the origins of it, and I think that they were involved in it. And I think they're involved in creating the disease in order to sell you the vaccine. I think that the vaccine is no bueno. It's going to be loaded up with chips and all kinds of experimental RNA, you know, types of technology that hasn't been tested on humans. This is a, this is a really bad scenario. But I think that those maniacs are in, I think that they're running the, this operation and I think they're doing it. I don't think it came from a bat in a wet market. I don't buy any of that shit. Those guys have done this stuff before. They've done, run predictive uh, predictive events in advance of 9-11, in advance of the 7-7 bombing. There's always simulations simulating the events happening before they happen. And that is a telltale sign of an event being non-organic. 
So this has their fingerprints all over it. And I don't think a lot of people are considering that. I think they're understanding that Bill Gates is a bad guy, but I don't know if they understand how, how far in advance he's been involved with this stuff. You know, remember Fauci said in 2017 that Donald Trump was going to have an outbreak in, during his presidency. That's true. That's a crazy thing to say. Yes. It seems like they knew something way in advance. Yeah. And when you run simulations like this, people say, well, why do you run the simulations? Well, sometimes you run the simulations in order to pre-position your assets in these locations. And I think that event 201 was the simulation was used to pre-position their assets through China and get it all ready so that when it kicked off, it kicked off. And I think they're responsible for it. And of course, we do have a uh, Dr. Fauci who was talking about not wearing a mask uh, long ago. Mm-hmm. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet. But it- I have to also say that this was early in the game, by the way. But then again, you have to just ask the question. And it goes back to what we were just talking about, about people knowing this virus is very new. No one has all the information on it, but wouldn't he be the one to know better out of everyone if you should be wearing a mask or not? Shouldn't he know after he's been involved in the game for so many years? Of course. It's of course. And provided. that's, I think, what what people have – Or my feeling is that what people have the – what's making them the craziest is that they're being told to do one thing. And then they're being told later to do the exact opposite. And they're being told that it, you, 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 can, you can't protest about the lockdowns, but you can protest about Black Lives Matter. I mean, if that isn't an indicator that this is a bunch of bullshit, I don't know what is. But, but people aren't like looking at all of these contradictions. And it's, it, if they had had their story straight from the beginning and it didn't change and it was just consistent, which is what you should, they should have done – then, you know, I think people might be a little bit more compliant. But right now, people on both sides, are they feel like they're getting lied to. They don't know what – it's like, well, you told us not to wear the mask. Now you're telling us that we can't do anything without it. So it's like, so which one is it, man? It can't be both. And so – and like you said, wouldn't he know? Wouldn't he know? Shouldn't he He, know? He he should know. He should know better. So anyway, there's just – that stuff makes people insane. It makes me crazy. And and so I think a lot of that is is contributing to the anxiety of people. Let's play the rest of that clip. Being the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often there are – Unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them. And yes, another clip I did want to play for you was, of course, of our friends, Mr. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates talking about the second wave, by the way. Let's hear what our friends have to say, Charlie. You got widespread attention for a prediction you made in 2015 about the dangers of a global pandemic, and you, sadly for the world, did predict the future. And so let's... Uh, yeah, that's what we're just talking about right there, Charlie. Mm-hmm. My God. good at that. Let me ask you to do it again. You know, what are you concerned about now? Well, this won't be the last pandemic that we face. You know, pandemics can come from uh, natural causes, uh, which is largely coming across from other species. You know, a flu, for example, uh, is still a very big risk. 
And so we'll have to invest in making sure that we catch the disease sooner and that we have platforms to make diagnostics, therapeutics, and vaccines very quickly. Very little was invested, even though there were these calls by uh, a lot of people, including our foundation. Uh, one group that was funded, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovation, CEPI, C-E-P-I, uh, we welcome trust, Norway, UK, Japan were the initial funders, and that is helping out here. Uh, so we're better off than if that hadn't happened. Uh, but, you know, people trust government to think through these eventual bad things. Uh, this was a, a failure uh, to, to get ready. And the cost would have been tiny compared to, say, what we spend on uh, being ready for war. We didn't actually do the simulation to think about, okay, what about nursing homes? What about getting factories ready? What about the testing regime? You know, in fact, the testing could have been ramped up uh, very quickly in a few countries that have almost avoided the epidemic entirely, like uh, Taiwan, New Zealand, Australia. You know, they took their experience and actually prepared, and so they moved a lot faster. Uh, so we, you know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is, uh, We'll get it. Prepare for the next one, Charlie. Attention mm -hmm. this time. So, you know, that reminds So we, you know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is, uh, we'll get attention this time. Amazing. What did he mean by that? Wow. I mean, I wonder if they're planning a second wave or something. Hmm. It's really telling. And it's the, frustrating. It is. Because people think that that guy is out there trying to do, you know, good things for the world. And he is a maniac who comes from a eugenics family who has he's – a, he's a dark, dangerous individual. Right. And just to wrap it up with Dr. Fauci, do you believe that this man has been wrong about everything? and his financial interest in uh, Bill Gates's vaccine. Uh, where, where do you stand with that? Do you trust Dr. Fauci with all that he's been saying throughout this time? I do not trust Dr. Fauci. I do not trust anybody connected to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, their plan for, you know, what he was saying was, you know, Australia, New Zealand, and, you know, Taiwan, they, they, they were better because they were more prepared. They were able to move quickly. See what he's doing there? He's trying to set it up so that the next time this comes through, you don't think, you just act. And that is what he wants. And, and he's going to push that vaccine. That's going to be the, we don't have time to think. If we want to head this off, you got to do it now. Boom, boom, boom. And then it's over. It's over. If you take that vaccine, you're, you will be permanently altered. The types of the types of technology that they are talking about for those vaccines is gene editing. It'll change your DNA. Amazing. It's crazy. And you should want no part of that. And going back to uh, Bill Gates for a moment here, how do you feel about his relationship with Epstein <laughs> and how much money he's taken from our friend Epstein? You, you, you know, the, here's something that I that has occurred to me, and it's and I want to be clear, it's speculation. I'm just thinking about this. 
if you're if you're Jeffrey Epstein and you're running this operation where a sexual blackmail operation, you can use that inf- you can use that for a variety of things. You can use it to give to your intelligence handlers, which of course they did, but you can also use that to um, control people. You can use that to you get a CEO, you know, on on video with one of your kids down in the islands, and you got that guy and you say, listen, I want to be. I want to be the first person to know when you've got a new merger, acquisition, whatever coming up so I can insider trade on that and make a fortune. You know, and so as Epstein compiles these files, these control files on everybody and meets up with Bill Gates and they've got an interest in science as Epstein's financing Steven Pinker and, you know, all these scientists, Ben Gertzel, AI guys and, and hardcore scientist guys. But so he connects with Bill Gates on the science component of this. But if you're Bill Gates and you know that this guy's running a sexual blackmail ring, which I'm assuming he had to have known. Most likely. I knew it. <laughs> and, and I wasn't going, you know, hanging out with him. And you didn't even know him personally. And I didn't even know him personally. Right. Wouldn't you, with your $100 billion fortune, pick up a copy of everything Epstein's got just to be on the safe side? I mean, if you're going to push a global vaccine that you control and you need to have all the regulatory agencies and politicians do your bidding, why wouldn't you buy the blackmail uh, dirt on them? And if you've got $100 billion, I mean, so so like I said, 100% speculation on my part. But I just wonder if that relationship between Epstein and Gates also involved the purchasing of control files on other people. And if that's the case, then Epstein may be gone, but Bill Gates might be in charge now with, with these, you know, he can maybe make things go his way. Or if someone steps up to him and says, you know, I don't like you running this, pushing this vaccine thing. Well, then he could say, well, you know, we've got ways to make you quiet. So <laughs> something I just to think about. Right. And of course I do have another audio clip here of a Newsmax TV uh, anchor I was talking to a journalist, and this journalist was making accusations that Bill Gates is, in fact, a pedophile. And I have that audio here. And again, I'm not the one saying that. That's the uh, journalist for the record. I'm not trying to get sued, by the way. Just thought I'd clear that up, Charlie. Oh, no, me either. From the president, making it very clear that he wants schools to reopen. And in fact, there could be negative outcomes from, for those that don't. Well, one, we should definitely open up the schools, and we need to stop listening to Dr. Fauci, who is funded by Bill and Melinda Gates. And all of your listeners know this, I know this, you know this, we all know this, but Jeffrey Epstein's not a good man, and uh, Bill Gates spent a lot of time with Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. So I don't think we should be listening to a pedophile for how to treat our kids, period. And we shouldn't be listening to people who spend time with pedophiles as it relates to our kids. So if Bill Gates wanted to watch my kids as a babysitter, I wouldn't let him do it. I'm certainly not going to use a vaccine he recommends. And Bill Gates has asked Dr. Fauci to serve on his board for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So stop listening to Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci. They are corrupt individuals, and Bill Gates hangs out with pedophiles consistently. Why would he hang out with Epstein? Why would he do that? It's sick. Okay. Oh my. Dude just dropped a gigantic truth bomb on that lady. She had to get him off really quick right there. Yeah. You heard that? She was scared as hell. She was scared as hell right there. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know if Bill Gates is a pedophile or not. I, I'm, I, you know, but, but once again, you don't want to hang out with people that are pedophiles, right? And so there's, there's this overlap there. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's frustrating, obviously, but 
but but also I feel like there's a there's a chunk of people that are waking up to this that are that are sort of having this realization and that's important because you you've got to we've got to dig into these I have a problem when when these these public figures are sort of presented to us as like or you know saviors or important figures and and we just blindly listen to them I mean we I, we owe it to ourselves to dig in when when the government presents Fauci and and Bill Gates and and Burks and all these people like okay who are you really you know we need to do that that's our responsibility is to is to dig in and uh, you know make sure we do our research as to who who before we blindly follow you guys uh, in Neil Ferguson in the UK and whoever like before we listen to you and shut down the world who are you who do you work for what are your tie, what are your financial ties who's behind you and 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 where did you come from you know and but we didn't do that with these people and i know fauci's been around since the aids situation he's been around 80s, forever but most people don't even really remember him from that i i don't remember him from that but um but i can watch videos of him talking about it back then but um you know but but for the most part these people were were fairly new introduced to us and and as american Americans in general, we just kind of like said, okay, whatever, you know, whatever you tell us to do, you, you know, they said that you're in, in charge, but then of course everything has to be political and then they politicized it. Well, it, it's Trump's guy and I hate Trump. So therefore I hate him. You know, so there's all that too. Whoever has the money is the one who's listened to the most. That is true. Unfortunately. And by the way, you, you did not mention Crimson Contagion. Which was another exercise I think is even more important than event 201. But then again, yeah. 201, 201 is, is pretty goddamn important. But, uh, Crimson Contagion, that simulation, <laughs> which was conducted months prior to the start of uh, COVID-19, you know, it involved yeah. a scenario in, uh, with a tourist in China or returning from China. And of course, the spread is pretty much a beginning in Chicago. And of course, less than two months. 110 million Americans are dead from, guess what? The coronavirus. Yeah. An influenza originating in China. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't, you can't make this up. You, you, you have to acknowledge that these are extremely large coincidences, or maybe there's a little bit more to it. Maybe there's a little bit more. This, these things aren't as organic and natural as they are made to appear. And, right. and that, of course, is even more alarming because it's one thing if you just feel like nature is doing this to us, but it's another if you feel like this has been engineered. This is the reason why I was go going to address Max and everyone else and you, Charlie, about what I believe this is, in fact, this virus that we are seeing. I honestly believe this was biologically engineered. I really do believe that. And looking at the scientific analysis from those far above my pay grade, the information is out there that COVID-19 came from a pangolin and a bat. And I still can't get that mental image of a Pokemon out of my head. If, if you've ever <laughs> seen a pangolin, that doesn't even look yeah. real. No, they look like little mini like armadillos or something. That's strange. It's, it's very real. It's very real. But I digress. A bioengineered virus. Mo most likely true. Uh, Charlie, where did it begin? Some say here in America and pass to Canada and send back to China where the initial spread began. And I have been saying this on this program, this flu, it's, it's very much like a HIV like flu in the way that it stays in your immune system. The fact that it has HIV homology, 
SARS, bat SARS, and the HIV protein, which gives the virus the ability to infect humans. Think of it as a doorway. And there, there are ways to close these doors, mind you. But of course, it gets worse, though. It gets worse. Even if you do overcome the virus, uh, Charlie, it still has very long-lasting effects. The lungs, the brain, uh, it's damaged. Even if you get the virus and test negative, you are still able to get infected again, according to studies. And the virus has been mutating, which means th- there's not going to be a proper vaccine. That's what I honestly believe. I could be wrong, Charlie. I don't know. I, no, I'm I'm of the opinion that it is it is not a natural thing. I I, I don't know whether it was uh, the U.S. went and did it to China or China did it to themselves to create this false flag. Yeah, we or, don't know, you know that for sure yet. Yeah, well, I, I I don't know I don't know what how it all started because there's so many people that I know that say I felt really bad in like December. Some people, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, then this whole origin story doesn't matter because it was around. So, I, I mean, listen, it, was it sprayed on us in the chemtrails? I mean, it's possible, right? It, it's got to be considered, right? Because it, it, it hit certain regions really hard. Maybe they sprayed harder there. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to it, but I, it is of my belief as well that it, this is not a, a natural thing. Yeah. We don't and, know the answer. Not even Fauci who's been doing this his entire life. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty insane. But he knew one was coming. Yes, he, again, he certainly made I, that made his call on that, and that is a that is a it's yeah psychopathic type of thing to do, man. That is that is somebody that that's wants a colossal to, mistake, in my it, opinion. It is a mistake as well, but it but it is an arrogance and a sort of like a little nod to his buddies, you know, like you would just think though, him. though, uh, Charlie, you would just think that this man would know all about pathogens and how and how they work and how it spread. Well, you would think. You would right? think. Right? <laughs> My God. You would think, but uh, this has been a, a you know a comedy of errors. A bunch of them. Everybody's pointing the wrong direction, and it, you know, and it's been it, the the virus has been our you know really our response to the virus has been the biggest problem because right. it, we've. We've done more damage. I'm not trying to downplay the fact that this has has killed people, but I'm just saying that that our reaction to it is going to have that's fair. Right. Kill us, is going to kill us all in some some way. I mean, killing businesses and killing our you know, society, and you know, it's 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 been the reaction to it. I think has been far more damaging. But um, I'll tell you what, though, Charlie, I don't want to get any kind of flu, whether it's the CCP virus, the Spanish flu, the Kentucky flu, the chicken pot pie flu. You know, I don't give a damn. You know, I don't want it. I don't need it. If a mask is going to protect me to a certain degree, I will have to say that's a logical and rational decision that I will definitely make. Yeah. And, and why not just do it though, Charlie? I mean, you know, I don't want you to get sick. I don't want your, your daughter, your, your wife, your family. I don't want them to get sick either. No, no. I, I, if I thought though that this was, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I see it as like a bioweapon that has come out and it has fizzled. It has not done what they wanted it to do. I, you know, in, in event 201, they, the target number they put was 65 million dead, and I think that they wanted that. I don't. I don't know what is what has happened, but I don't think maybe it's they're waiting for the second wave that Bill Gates is talking about. But but we'll see. The one thing in in event 201 that didn't hit 
or well hasn't hit yet at least or doesn't seem to be on the trajectory to hit was that death number being as high as it was everything else was pretty similar but that death number seems like it was way off so i wonder if if this was in fact a bioweapon was it one that didn't have the bang that they thought it was going to have that's why that's why i insane uh, on this program for months now the reason why it's been moved around allegedly is because it was well what i think in my opinion, was being worked on, and COVID-19 was not a complete virus. It wasn't a complete project yet. That's just one of my theories, Charlie. I could be completely off on that theory, but why else would it be shipped around? It could be that this phase two is the the the, the kicker. The real, you know, yeah. it's, the it's real the deal. Holyfield. Part. Right. Yep. <laughs> and it comes in after the groundwork has been laid by the first wave. It comes in and, and does the rest. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. I but hope unfortunately, not. when you got guys like Gates kind of smirking about it and talking about it, that makes me think, you know, I don't know. Maybe he knows something we don't know. And, and this is another one of those, you know, you know, like Fauci in 2017, you know, calling his shot. So it's it, so that, of course. You know, anytime he's public about this in his weaselly little way, um, I get very, I get very suspicious, you know. And you have the right to be suspicious. He's a very suspicious individual, no doubt. And um, what we are experiencing right now in this point in time is historic. And I always wonder what the historians will have to say about the year 2020. This paradigm shift that we are seeing. There is a revolution happening, Charlie. Whether we like it or not. Whether we're for it or not. It's happened. Yeah. And things aren't going to go back to normal. This is a, it's a, there'll be opportunities for some people to do things that they had never thought they could do. And there'll be, and for other people, it will be nightmarish, you know, the loss of like the way it used to be and everything. And I think psychologically it's taking a toll on people and it will continue to, you know, as things change and don't go back to normal. You know, we can process it if a couple things change. But when everything like really big in our lives changes all at once, that's almost too much to handle. And so it's, you know, you get financial stress and emotional stress and medical stress and all these things. And Spouse it, stress. Sp yeah. Spousal yeah. I mean, stress. You're, I mean, you're, you're, you're home all in. day and then you guys are fighting, you know, so it's a, it's a lot for us to process. It's a lot for us to handle right now. I mean, it, you know, we're, you were sort of debating, is this a bioengineered thing or what? whatever it is. It's not good. It's not good. It's it's really, it's thrown a monkey wrench in, in our whole society. And, uh, and I think a lot of people are going to be having a very hard time coming to grips with that. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid we will continue to see more civil unrest across America while both sides, well, every side has been brainwashed to a certain degree i think many have unfortunately drank the pro proverbial kool-aid yeah yeah it, it's um it's it, it, when you when you live in a time where rioting is happening like on a nightly basis right in front of the police and half the time they're not doing anything about it and then the other half of the time they're going full crazy maniacs and beating them with billy clubs and everything i i just feel like okay we we live in a simulation, you know. I, I this I can't take this anymore. You know, I I want to want to turn this I want to turn this show off. I know I'm, I'm so tired, tired of it. it but it's I've been tired been, of talking uh, about it for months. It's it's been 
it's been the most memorable, one of the most memorable years of my life. And I think a lot of people feel the same way, but, um, and hopefully things get better, but you know, we've got an election coming up in a couple of months. And sure God, that's going to talk, that's going to make people absolutely insane, you know? So it's not, <sighs> in your opinion, Charlie, how has president Trump handled the pandemic in your opinion? Hmm. I, you know, I think he, first of all, I think he, he got off on the wrong start by surrounding himself with the wrong people. But you know, the, those, that's how it goes in Washington. The, the, the wrong people are sort of everywhere. And, uh, and so I don't think he did himself any favors by starting off with Fauci and them. And then, and then, you know, and, and Trump has a quick trigger figure finger too. And you'd think he would have blown him out by now, but he hasn't. And that makes me think that maybe he's being forced to keep him there somehow. I'm not sure. I, how has Trump done with this situation? Oh, not, I'm who, not well, but I don't know who could have handled this well. I don't think anyone can. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that there's a there's no easy solution. I'm not one of those guys that like Trump is a savior. He can do no wrong. But I'm also n not like Trump invented crime either. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like Washington D.C. was broken well before Donald Trump got there. I'm not I'm not trying to blame him for that. But I mean, I think that this cast of characters that he's got. It, it is interesting, him. though. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because. Uh, President Trump, his administration has had more lineup changes than a major league baseball team. I like to say. Yeah, yeah, he shuffled. He's he's got a deep bullpen, man. He's he's brought up a, a but he's brought up a bunch a lot of minor league guys, and then he he tries them. They play a little bit, and he cuts them. You know, so there, it, it's been there's been chaos in there. Lots of chaos. He's the chaos president, though. I think that was his role to play in this society is to come in and be the great, you know, divisive figure. And uh, and, you know, when with regard to like elections and things like that, there's a lot of studies that show that the candidate that has the most energy about them is the one that wins the election. Now, they don't they don't they don't say it has to be positive energy. It could be negative energy, too. But it's just energy around them. And it is crystal clear that Donald Trump has a ton of energy around him. There's a, everybody's talking about him. He makes people, some people love him. Some people want to murder him. You know, they, they, they are so, they have so much of a vested interest in him. And yet then you look at Joe Biden and Joe Biden's been running for president for a year. And I can't tell you one policy thing that he wants to do. Not that he would do it anyway, but except I do remember him saying nothing will fundamentally change. So he has zero energy around him. Nobody gives a shit about him one way or the other. He's just – they laugh at him when he talks because he can't string words together and they have pity on him because he, he looks like he's being forced to run for president against his will. But it's undeniable that Donald Trump has the energy behind him. Um and so it'll be fascinating to see how it how it plays out. It'll be very interesting to see what goes on in the next uh, few months com coming up here. And of course, I have to say, how do you see all this playing out? Do you think we're going to be sequestered yet again with um, COVID nineteen next year? God, I mean, I I hope not. But I think we might, my friend. I think we might get locked I, up I, again. I think that there. I, you know, I had I had this conversation with James Corbett actually. Since you, it's funny you mention it because he said to me, "What if, what if they have martial law 
this was back in the middle of March we had this conversation. What if we had martial law or, you know, this medical martial law, lock up, quarantine, everybody in your house, don't go outside or anything. And it goes on for like two or three months and then it just magically lifts and, and, and they say, okay, um, it's over now. Everything's good. And you go back out about your business. He says, then he's like, in your mind, you would be thinking, well, we had martial law. And it wasn't all that bad. So then they, it's like it's as if it's the setup for then a couple months later when they go, oh, it's back again. Now we got to all go back in your house. And you're like, okay, yeah, I remember that. That's not that bad. And I'm going to go back to my house willingly. But then that time they lock you down. <laughs> you know, That's the time. When, then, then at that point, after they get you sort of conditioned that it's all not that bad – then they keep you in a lot longer the next time. And and I was like, oh God, that's so evil. And he's like, I don't even like to like put that out there in the ether, but it's just something I was thinking about. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And so here we are, right? We had the, the lockdowns and people were locked and then it lifted and people go out and like, we start to feel it kind of ramping up again. And I'll be damned if I think James might be right about that. You might be right. Some say COVID will be over after the election. That's possible too. I don't know. I I, I (laughs) don't, I don't exactly um, disagree, but I I mean, I've talked to so many people telling me that this would be done by Easter. I remember people telling me it'll be done uh, by summer. And now those people have changed their minds and say other dumb shit. Um, but uh, I just couldn't help but laugh around forever. It works very well. I think this shit's going to be here. I think it's going to be here for uh, well into the next two years, unless they create some sort of vaccine. Oh, great. But yeah, that's a whole nother issue. Uh, Life as we used to know, it is not returning. I'm afraid not the way we liked it. No. And that's a shame, but it's also an opportunity for us to maybe change some things that we didn't like about the life that we had before. Like, Killing ourselves at work, you know, is no good. You know, I get it. I've done it where, you know, you're working insane hours, but it is, you know, unfulfilling. And so maybe some of this, you know, everyone who's back in their home, you know, got to know their family again. That was a <laughs> positive. Renovate their most. house or something, whatever. I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to make some sort of positives out of this, but maybe. But, well, this that is a positive, version. though. You're right new version of reality we could maybe have um we're going to have a bunch of things that we don't want but maybe we can use it as an opportunity to change some of the things that we were doing wrong before that i'm beginning to feel a bit concerned for those out there who already face psychological issues the impact this has on the human psyche is what is uh, definitely a concern of mine i've been uh, a little bit disturbed for those people out there who have already deep and troubling psychological issues um, people that I even know in my life I think they can't handle what's going on right now I think they might even succumb uh, to the virus in my opinion I, I know that's a, a bad thing to say but the fact that they are out there still running around and they have a compromised immune system I, I think they might be a potential COVID-19 victim the way some people I know have been handling this that is what has me somewhat perturbed there's that's a it's a really good point you make because the mental health of this country has been you know it's been fucked. shaky ground for a while it's been <laughs> fucked up charlie let's be real yeah we've got some big problems and you know we've got some some we've got 
massive homeless population that that many of them should be institutionalized, but they're not because there's no money for that. We have overcrowded prisons with a lot of mentally ill people there. We have just typical housewives and working people that that have psychological issues, and this is exacerbating that. It's creating really stressful environments. It's hitting them from every angle, you know, from the financial thing. Maybe I'm not going to have my job tomorrow to like, where are we going to live or are we going to have food? And that can push people into alcohol and drugs and, and all those things and also can trigger psychological breaks. And I think that that's, that's going to be happening. I think that there's been a lot of very unhealthy people. There's too many people on SSRI, you know, uh, psychological drugs and things like that. And, you know, it, it's a pressure cooker and people are, are and it's the middle of summer now and people are hot, <laughs> you know, and, and so it, it can create this environment where people just go off, you know, and it's, and it's understandable, you know, we're all being put under some really unusual stresses that, that aren't normal to us. And so for those with fragile psyches, you know, it can be a real, real dangerous time. Yeah. And for the kids as well, those who were going to graduate and all this shit. I mean, I also feel bad for your kid too. I don't, I don't have any kids, but I, I feel bad for all the kids out there. Um, how have you explained this pandemic to your daughter, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, we explained about how it's like a cold and how it's invisible germs that are spread. And you sometimes if you're in proximity to it and, it and it gets inside you, your immune system can fight it off. But in other cases, you know, some people's immune systems aren't working properly or aren't fully functional. And sometimes they can get sick from it. And also sometimes it's it maybe seems like random luck of the draw <laughs> a little bit too. And so, you know, we, I've explained to her that that's, that's what's happening. That's why people are wearing masks. You know, we're not sick. We're trying to be healthy. We're trying to eat right and, and, and do the things that we know to give ourselves the best sort of uh, chance to, you know, not get sick, but we're, but we're trying to do that anyway, regardless of, of, of coronavirus or before this. I mean, we're, we're still trying, we're still doing those things, but now it's just become more of a, you know, of a, of a, you know, man, you know, necessity to, to, to do some of, you know, to eat right and to make sure you're getting sleep and make right. sure you're getting sun and, and you're exercising and things like that. So, yeah, I just was very honest with her about it. she's eight, you know, and, and this is the situation. And so, you know, she, oh of course, looks to us to see if what the reaction should be. And, you know, if we put hazmat suits on, I think that would really freak <laughs> her out and everything. So, oh, yeah. we're, you know, my goodness, my friend, what a mess. Uh, it is a weird. It's a weird, you know, it's a conversation that you 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 you'd hope to not have to have with an eight year old. But I mean, no, of course not. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's like, well, this is doesn't have to be. COVID-19 specific, basically, if you, here's a, let's have a education on immune systems and how you can strengthen that for anything, you know, virus or non-virus, just, you know, better health. And, you know, so it's, it, it, you know, we, we use that as an opportunity to kind of explain that it's about, we're, we're also talking about health. We're not just trying to scare the shit out of you about a imaginary, you know, I mean, an invisible virus that you may or may not catch because for a kid to start thinking about that, then they're like, oh my God, I don't even want to breathe anymore. Cause what if I breathe it in? So we certainly don't want to give her that sort of paranoia, but at the same time, not be in denial and not be like, oh, nothing's happening. <laughs> you know, she'll figure like, it out. Wearing a mask. No reason. She'll figure yeah. it out eventually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My goodness. Well, Charlie, 
I must say, I've, I've had a great time talking to you here. Me too. This is fun. It's been a fun yeah. night. I've been drinking a beer, talking to you, enjoying myself. I know you don't drink, I guess. No, but I, I do like a nice edible. I was going to say, how do you live in Colorado and not uh, partake on, in any of the amazing fruits out there? Oh, well, who said I don't partake? Amazing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an you know and I and it helps me sleep and everything. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm an it, edible at night guy. I mean, it, it might even help uh prevent COVID-19 with some it, of its properties inside. <laughs> from what I'm I read. At least say that it does. I like pretending. To <laughs> me too. I think it's a good placebo. Right, that's exactly. It's my placebo effect. I'm just going to say that it's my it's my COVID-19 prevention. Get high or die trying. That's right. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's the end of the world. You might as well get high. Let's do it. We're going to... You'd be a fool uh, not to, especially right now. It's the end times, people. Well, they hey, listen, they they considered it to be an essential business. They kept it open. They, well, they did the right thing, in my opinion. They did, or else there would have been riots they, down here, I'll tell you that right now. That's right. The we, hippies and the Subaru here in Denver would not have stood for that. We're going to burn it down. Yes, they would have. We're going to burn this mother down. So, Charlie, once again, I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program. I had a ball with you here, and I hope you had a great time uh, as well as uh, as the listeners out there. I'm sure many of them enjoyed the topics we discussed here tonight. Many people probably will get angry with me yes. not uh, supporting some things that they like, but that's the fun of this program. Lots of things I say, lots of listeners out there won't agree with. And personally, I like those who disagree with me more. Well, it we we've got look, we've got to have the conversation. That's how we exchange ideas. You know, if you hear a point of view that that you know, if you're the listener and you hear a point of view you don't, you've never heard of before, or, or something you don't agree with, maybe it, you know, maybe you take that with you and and you find over time, oh my gosh, I, I exactly. am in agreement with him, or or, or vice versa. It you know, makes maybe someone I, think. That's that's the whole. A point of this program to get you to yeah. think. Let's think. You know, I look. I don't. I don't have all the answers. God, I'm far from it. I'm. St I'm trying to figure this out, like everybody else. But I'm. I'm doing the best I can. I'm. I'm trying to assess this current situation, given my background and what I've written about and the things that I know, and try and make some sense out of it. But do I have it all figured out? God, no. Of course not. I'm, I'm far from that. But. But but I like that we're that we're talking about these things because the more we talk about it, the more it gives us ideas of how to how to fix them, you know, how 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 to how to adjust to this this new world or, or or to figure out where our line in the sand is, where we say no no no, I'm not doing that, I'm not going any further, I'm not allowing this to happen past this line. This is my personal line in the sand. So it's great for us to have these you know to exchange these ideas because they're super important right now. I mean, it's literally like our our lives and our, our our way of life is is up for cancellation right now. So it's like, what are we going to do about it? This is a really important time in our in our history. So that's it's important right. to to talk about these things, even if they're even if they make you a little bit mad, and even if they frustrate you, they they certainly do to me. But I think it, we're better off for having the conversation. Absolutely. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program, Charlie. Go ahead and plug anything you'd like. The stage is yours. Go ahead. Well, my podcast is called Macro Aggressions. It's available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and on David Icke's Iconic uh, platform, and on YouTube as well. And uh, if people want to uh, buy my my book, The Octopus of Global Control, in a digital format, just go to my website. It's theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. And if you 
pay ten bucks on PayPal. I'll I'll send you two digital versions of it, and you can read it, share it with your friends, and pass it around. Uh, but if you're old school and you like the paperback, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And then, like I said, I've got a new book coming out soon with Jeff Berwick that is called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, and that's going to be a that's going to be a, a real that's going to be a big one because uh, Jeff has a massive audience, and they are. We we put a lot of work into it, and it's it's gonna it's gonna really wake some people up, I think. So, uh, and and if and people want to get a hold of me directly, the website is the way to do it. So I'm very accessible, and I appreciate you having me on again because this is a lot of fun. We get into some crazy, crazy topics, and I really enjoy doing it. Clockwise, my friend, I'll have to bring you back on again, and uh, much more sooner than uh, last time here. You know, I took a whole year to reach out to you. Yeah, let's we'll do it again in a couple months. A little bit sooner. Okay. I think I think the audience likes you that much. Oh, I like them. Get you back in there. So once again, Charlie, amazing job once again. It was fun, and we will talk on the other side. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, brother. Hang hang tight out there and stay safe. And there he goes, boys and girls, Mr. Charlie Robinson. A great guest indeed. And of course I'm looking at the time. Oh, yes, it's been two hours already. It is that wonderful time for a little break. And when I return, I do have a few things to say before I shut it down. Perhaps take some of your phone calls out there if you want to call in. Now is that time. Just me and you here tonight. Go ahead and call in when I return. I think we should have a little conversation if you'd like. Only if you'd like, of course, you don't have to call in. But it would be nice to hear your voices out there and get your opinions on everything going on in the universe. Once again, hang tight. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. What are we going to learn today? Well, today I'm going to teach you about spirit channeling. What's spirit channeling? Spirit channeling is what we call it when you go into a trance and empty yourself out. And welcome back, boys and girls, for round two of the program. Nice to see you in the chat room. Thanks for sticking around. We've got a bit more to discuss before we just pull it down. Oh yeah. That means your calls are welcome. That number is 760-332-8965. If you are out there, please give me a call. I need to make sure this number is even working right now. So once again, you see it on your screen. 760-332- 8965. That's right. That is the number. Would love to hear from you out there if you are even out there. Are you out there? Call that number. I need to find out if this thing is working. I hope it is. And of course, it is just me and you here tonight. I guess this is a bit of open lines uh, before I shut it down, if that's what you want to call it. But yes, your phone calls are welcome, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. This is almost like old times. Enlightened and prepared, someone call my name. Yes, the bacon comments. I've been seeing you in the chat room lately, yeah. And Roman Hansen. What kind of name is that, by the way? Are you a fan of the group Hansen? Is that you out there? Is that what you like? Go ahead and call in if you want. And yes, Dr. Strange Love. It has been a good show so far. 
I've been enjoying myself and love seeing all of you out there in the chat room. I am now focused entirely on you and would love to talk to all of you out there as I babble away. But do please keep in mind, it's also a lot more fun when I get to hear your little voices too. Oh yeah, I know I may sound completely rude at times, but that's part of my charm. I promise. And of course, we do have a call right now. Let's take that call and see what this gentleman has to say. Let me bring him up here and see what this wonderful gentleman has to say. What's going on, caller? Can you hear me out there? Absolutely. How you doing? Excellent. Yeah, where are you from? Idaho. Idaho. Very nice. What's going on out there in, a high, in Idaho, caller? Nothing. Just dead. Well, it's actually kind of nice. Kind of nice. Trying to actually, it, it, like, do the mask thing. It's not working. The mask thing, okay. Yeah, it's not working. How do you feel about the mask? Do you think it's bullshit? Well, all right. There's a bunch of studies on that that are talking that only if you're, like, let's say, in surgery or something, it works. You don't want to infect other people. And then on the other hand, we have a whole bunch of information that says otherwise. That's right. So I, I'm not worried. I'm not really worried about it. And call Because it. I'm pretty sure I was already infected earlier in the year. Right. Okay. And so whatever. And caller, what's your name, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? You don't have oh, to use Dave. your... Oh, it's you, Dave. Yeah. Oh, Dave, how are you, man? I didn't know it was you. I couldn't recognize that voice. It's okay. My my nose is completely stuffed up. That's what it is. Are you sick, man? What's going on? The allergies? No, no, it's allergies. Allergies. Okay, good. Now I say it's, it's standard serious allergies during the summer here because this is a high plains desert, and then thus the um, the pollen. Oh, the sage comes up. Right. Yeah, it's normal stuff. It's okay. Good. Okay, you had me worried there. I was thinking, oh goddamn, he's now, sick. No, no, everything's fine. He's got the corona. Oh, hell no. Is anyone in your family sick at all? Or anyone that you know, rather? No, it's, it's already passed through the entire family. are fine. Really? The only worry I have is my like parents being old, and that's about mm. it. So I have to like, deal with that thing going on, which I've been doing for the past year pretty good. How old are the parents, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, they're 80s. Oh, my. Yeah, they're up there then. Oh, hell yeah. So, anyway... Very nice. Life is good. Life is good. No, actually, I get along with actually I get along with like everybody in my family. That's good. Which is unusual. And what about during the quarantine? Your significant other? I do not have a girlfriend. I thought you were like married or something. No, I was married back in the day. Oh, okay, I was. I was, that was concerned. A horrible, horrible, horrible divorce. Oh no. Yes, it was. One of those incidents, right? Like deception. Wow, deception. And, and and sleeping around shit. Oh, no. I know. And so anyway. Well, maybe it's good that you weren't quarantined with anyone then. Well, actually, if I was actually around somebody that was actually okay, they probably would have had a good time. I see. Yes. So aside... Always make sure that the people <clears throat> you, like, you care about are okay. Right on. Yes, I agree with you yes. 100%. And have you been enjoying the, tonight? Tonight's guest, rather. 
Yeah, yeah. He was talking about um, O. Berwick. Right. His upcoming book. That's all fine with me. But seriously, I, I ran into the whole Berwick problem a long time ago. And it's kind of interesting. And I, I, I don't want to actually, like, spoil the evening. That's okay. So if I have information that is possibly okay, is it okay for me to talk about it? You can talk about anything you want here. It's it's The stage is yours, my friend. Well, no, no. Yeah, I want to know. I'm here for you. Right. I care. All right. So Berwick was an investment guy up in Canada. And, you see, I never paid attention to this guy because... I, I had no like dollar vigilante investments or any other things going on. I was actually doing other work at the time. And this is, I don't know, back in the day, <clears throat> which now is like going so quick. It's just like whatever. Right. But anyway, um, he decided to go ahead and like do this whole thing where he was going to reinvent himself. And, and that's all fine. Everybody actually kind of liked it because he, he actually gained a following on this. So anyway, um, he crashed his boat over off the coast of Mexico during a storm and it was able to swim ashore even though he did, technically did not know how to swim. And this is actually known. They had, now, the only way that that's actually known is because um, he claimed like an insurance policy on the boat and then the insurance company went ahead and investigated it and figured out that he didn't actually know how to swim, so the story was kind of like like silly. But they gave him up the money anyway, which that's fine. He actually didn't like the boat, so he crashed it and just like walked away. It, it's all good with me. How shady. However, um, he then went ahead and mount, uh, like found his gal over there in Acapulco, and she is a cousin of a drug cartel boss for that area. Sounds like a good time. Uh, well, you know, you never know. This is just the way it goes. Now, I, I, I've been watching this for a long time. It's kind of amazing on cult of personality. It's just absolutely amazing. So anyway, if you step back in time, when, when that started, all sorts of things started happening. After that, do you know what Gulch Gulch is? I do. Okay, well, that was him and his buddy. Right. Now, do you know what they were doing before that? What exactly were they doing before that? Actually, I, I don't know. They were doing fake passports. I was going to say they were doing some sort of scam, if I recall correctly, but I wasn't sure if it was. Uh, it was a multi-million dollar scam. Oh, shit. Oh, hell yeah. All right. So when they went over there to, um, oh, uh, Paraguay. And, and nailed the woman over there. She had already processed 4,000 passports. Now, if you go back in time, which you can do the time machine and see their, their website, they had already done 4,000 passports to that place at that point because they were bragging about it. It was a multi-million dollar operation. It was amazing. And they got away with it. So anyway, I ran into it. No, I, did, I never paid attention to these guys, and I really don't care if somebody wants to scam other people on, like, passports and whatnot. But I ran into this guy that went down there to go ahead and invest in Gulch Gulch because he thought he actually wanted to move down there and, like, do an expat operation. He uh, went down there and figured out, because he was an attorney, that 
the whole thing was an actual scam because there was actually no property rights that they were actually giving out to anybody there. Full on. And so he then told them, like the next day, that he had figured out their scam. And so they sent some guys over there and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't be stupid and obvious. That's right. You actually leave the country is probably smart. That would be the right Don't thing to like, do. But yes, go ahead. Uh, just and, and and so ever since I've, I've actually spotted these guys and what they've been up to on the scheme, I just I don't know anybody around that whole thing is, is suspect because all you're doing is setting yourself up. I agree. I, I don't know. I'm with you on that. And what else is going on out there in Idaho currently? Anything? Anything? So it's actually rather, pretty nice out here. So it's nice out yeah, there. And it's pretty much open. Everything's the, open. Uh, some local retailers are trying to like shut people down with like face masks. Are you wearing but, a face uh, mask, sir? Businesses are putting up with it. Uh, are you wearing a mask? Hell no. You're not wearing a mask. You're just you're just freeballing it. Yep, I'm a free spirit. And you're able to get inside some places. Everywhere. They don't let me inside anywhere without a mask. Well, you see, that's why you travel. They don't want me anywhere. They say you got to wear a mask. I mean, I was even no, no, refused. I, I had friends from fast uh, food. the Bay Area that came up here to go do a road trip three weeks ago. They toured the whole area, like around Idaho, did the whole mountain thing, and they were amazed. Wow. And this is Idaho. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Right on, okay. We don't care about being a red state, because now we're in the red because we have over 10%. Who cares? Because it's just a matter of how you measure it. The whole measuring scheme that they have going on, I had to call over to the health department and talk to them. Right. And see what they were actually doing, because I don't believe on the antibody theory. Because the antibody theory could mean that your antibodies are going to actually click for any, like coronavirus, which is the same antibody. So you could have the common cold, flu, or a flu shot, and you'll have the same antibodies for about three months. So anybody in that range will, will get it. Yeah, they're seeing the coronavirus antibodies fading fast. So well, yeah, because mm -hmm. your body has to actually clear the antibodies out of itself. Now think about it, just like logically. Like let's say you have a virus that some virus from something like a bug bit you or something. And your body reacts to it and then, like, makes antibodies. Now, if your body doesn't clear those antibodies out over time, then they would, you would just always have a constant buildup of any type of virus that would ever occur over time. So eventually your bloodstream would literally have more, of like, antibodies in it than, like, blood cells. Right. Several studies. So it has to have its own filtering system. Right. We have amazing bodies that we have. Just amazing. Yeah, the human body does not retain the antibodies that build up during infections. So no, there won't be to go away. There, there won't be no no lasting immunity to COVID nineteen. No, that's just it. That's why you just have like topical. Yeah, it's just it's amazing what's going on right now, and um, some people are denying that this is actually happening. No, no, there was a second flu, and it. Seriously, we have our normal flu that kills a bunch of people, and then we have the second flu. And the second flu was just something that somebody pulled off on purpose. 
And by the way, do that you was think not an accident. right? Do you think this was bioengineered? Well, some of the RNA. All right. So if you talk to the guys that do the RNA testing, if you actually bother to call them and like talk to the guy that immunol like immunologist people. Sorry, that was a tough one to get out. It's it is a hard one. Horrible word. It is. Like okay, Joker people. That would be an easier word. So anyway, the immunologists, as they are, if you talk to them, they say like, listen, when we do the RNA test, because we had to come back and like do the retest on the RNA test itself. They're saying that this RNA is completely different than all other flus. Not, no, nothing else. No other coronavirus is actually matching this. And so it had to have been something weird. Very, very weird. No doubt. Yeah, well, if it's not weird, it's just, it has to be man-made. Somebody actually screwed around. I'm afraid so. That's the only indication yeah. I have when I think about uh, COVID-19 yeah. and the way it's been. But otherwise, where's Mike tonight? I was actually going to answer that a little later here. Uh-huh. What is he up to? Uh, well, again, let me let me answer that uh, as we go on here. I, I'll specifically address that. But, yes, I, I do want to thank you for calling in. Anyway, also, Mike should actually get some, like, artwork. What was that? Go ahead. I didn't hear you. Yeah, yeah. No, Mike, Mike should actually get some custom artwork. He should get some custom artwork, or he should make custom artwork. He should make some custom artwork for people that are actually, like, listeners. That would be an idea. Yes. I'm pretty sure in looking over what is, like, what he can do, he can do pretty much almost anything. I agree. Yeah, that might help him out a bit. I would have and the to, bird fund. Yes. Well, that's another thing I, I am going to mention here. All right. Anyway, have oh, a good yes. evening. You too, my friend. Thanks for calling in. Of course. Always. And you, anytime. You got it, brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Take yep. care. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. The line is now back open. 760-332-8965. And yes... And now we can uh, talk about other things here. But of course, your calls are always welcome. I do have to address certain things here, and that's what we will do. Since the last show, I got quite the response from those who just enjoy the show and those who were really put off by my banter at the end of the program. Even some of my comments I said here tonight bothered a few people as well. I got the complaints already. People complain about everything. I I love it. That's a good sign, though. It really is, in my opinion. And yes, uh, Lilith there in the chat. Deacon phone, yeah. one seven six zero three three two eighty nine sixty five. That's the number. But yeah, since the last show, got plenty of heat for a lot of things I said. But that's that's the way it goes, folks. You can't win. You really can't. There's always going to be someone who's mad at you for X, Y, and Z. And also, you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet every now and then. You know, you're going to step on a few toes, boys and girls. That's the way it goes. In reality, I won't specifically name any of those individuals out there right now, but they know who they are. Listen, I know some people dislike certain things, but in many ways, it's good for you to hear things you don't always want to. It'll toughen you up. That way you won't get so triggered so quickly. But yes, the marauders out there were telling me how they did not take kindly 
to me, mocking white folks for kissing each other. Apparently, that's what was mentioned here in this email. <laughs> yes, for kissing each other on the mouth. Look, listen, I, I hear you. Maybe I should have just said I don't understand why people are locking lips with their children and, of course, other men. Unless, you know, you swing that way, then I have no issue. But, you know, if if that's the way you're going to rock it, that's fine. You know, I'm not, I don't have any issues with that. If you want to go ahead and, and kiss other men and kiss your parents on the mouth, kiss your children on the mouth. I mean, if that's, that's you, that's your thing. Leave me out of it. If that's the way you're going to rock it. I mean, I don't know who does it that way in the year 2020. I don't have kids, and if I did, I would definitely not kiss them on the mouth. Is that any of you in the chat room? Are you kissing your kids on the mouth? I certainly hope not. But yes, I'll get out of your way. I'm sorry. Continue kissing your parents or kids on the mouth if that's the way you rock it. I know, that ain't right, local machine. I agree. And of course, others have been wondering what happened to Mike. Where did he go? You know, I started the show late, and I was having trouble with the audio. I had talked to Mike about him being on here with me this uh, this evening, and oh God, a phone call already. Uh, caller, what's going on? I got a couple of uh, minutes outside of a uh, vendor here that uh, likes to take their time making my orders. How's your day going, Mike? It's going pretty good. I hope you're not going to kiss that gentleman on the, on the mouth, though. Oh, Jesus Christ. Speaking of that. <laughs> How do you feel about that, by the way? Are you someone who kisses their parents or children on the mouth? O only person I'm kissing is whoever uh, ends up in my bed. That's right. See, there I'm, there I'm pretty liberal, you know. Uh, other uh, other people, uh, not so much. Not so much. I, I understand that. No. I, I, would, um, <laughs> I would rock it the same way as well. Definitely. But yes, well, what's uh, what's on your mind, my friend? Talk to me. Well, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'll just touch on this uh, real quick because uh, I think this uh, particular horse has been beaten into the death, into the ground uh, so what's far your, as now mining for gold. What, what's your name, by the way? You don't have to give me a real name. A, a fake name is fine, too. Uh, this is Bacon. Uh, oh, bacon okay. Bacon Comments. Oh, very nice. Thanks for calling in. I was hoping you'd call in. Yeah, I'm glad I got the chance to, uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I first heard of, uh, first heard of your program, uh, when, uh, Phil of, uh, Big Angry Phil, uh, Big Angry Phil. He announced he was going to be on your show. Yeah. So that means you were a Tom Likas listener. I am. Amazing. That's how I got into a whole lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, through his program, through Gary Deed of GaryDeal.com and then just a whole bunch of other places. And, did uh, you know that Tom, did, did you know that Tom has me blocked on Twitter? Really? And he's someone that I consider sort of like someone I looked up to in a way. He was a, a, a yeah. strong influence and, and now I'm blocked on Twitter. I, I have uh, graced, um, his presence in such a derogatory way. <laughs> well, you know, even, even when it's, uh, you know, the people you look up to, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> You know you're doing something right if you're starting to get blocked. That's right. It means you're over the target. The thing is, I, I mean, you know, I've had my, uh, mm -hmm. I've had my, uh, you know, runners with, uh, with him as well. He hasn't blocked me just yet. Um, don't really? worry, I'm pretty sure it's coming. All, all I was gonna say is, I know the old saying is, "Don't meet like your heroes or people you look up to." But to be honest with you, I've met 
plenty of people that I respect and sort of like look up to in a way. And all of them have been like extremely nice to me. Just, um, very flattering. Some of them as well. Some of the things that I've, I've talked to, some of the people that I've idolized have even almost become like fans of the show. As weird right. as that sounds, yeah, I mean, it's baffling to me. That's the only reason why I bring right. it up. I've so, had the, uh, the same uh, experience as uh, well. You know, I've actually, he did, a, you know, back when uh, he was actually doing a live show, he was uh, doing dinners. Uh, it's kind of a fundraiser, you know. Right, Not the dinner. Not so cheap. There's either like 400 bucks. I actually did meet him at the uh, the one he did up here in uh, Seattle. Oh, you were there? Yeah. I was there. Got pictures with them. Nice. Yeah. I if I can find I'll uh, I can send it to you via email. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, um, yeah, you know that's one thing that uh, I've had to learn. You know, like sometimes you uh, you end up outgrowing the people you look up to. You know, I mean that's bittersweet, but that you know that it is what it is. It is, it is, and it's whatever. I'm not uh, angry or upset with him. That's his decision. He's free to do whatever he wants. I'm not at all offended. Fair enough, and uh, if, if anybody's wondering, you know, if you follow me on, uh, you know, Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you know, I'll have disagreements with you, but uh, it's real hard for me to actually uh, block it. you. You have to uh, be completely born for me to do that. I mean, disagree with me all you want. I, matter of fact, I kind of expect it. And uh, yes, uh, enlightened and preparing is asking who is the caller. This is Bacon of the goddamn bacon.com. He should know. He was just talking to you, I think. <laughs> no, not Roman saying I'm like that drunk. You know, funny enough. I'm, a, I'm the most confusing person here. I'm, I'm completely sober. You're completely sober. Why? Well, I am. I do drive for a living. So it's that's the what end I'm of the right now. It's the end of the world, my friend. You shouldn't be sober. <laughs> hey, don't, don't tempt me. I got truck bourbon uh, right now. <laughs> I'm drinking right now. I'm what drinking, are you drinking? I'm drinking, actually, I'm drinking a uh, Space Dust. Space Dust? IPA. That's an Elysian. That's the uh, staple up here, Elysian Brewing. You can find that anywhere these days. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I think they've uh, I think they've pretty much gone uh, nationwide now. Yeah, that's pretty good beer, though, to be honest. Oh, I got a question since you brought it up. Uh, have you tried uh, Men's and Red? That I haven't, to be honest. Uh, that uh, it's named after the uh, radio program up here called uh, the Men's Room. They're online too. If you look from on uh, radio.com, uh, you can listen to it. If you're not in the uh, in the uh, Puget Sound area, I was gonna say that's that's from like a show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Men's Room. Yeah, someone about a week ago or two mentioned something about that. Uh, Robin Will yeah. says, "I can tell you're drinking Deacon Sexy Man." You've been getting a lot of love in the chat lately. I've been pouring some sugar on the chat. That's why. That certainly helps. Pouring some sugar all over you motherfuckers. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Oh, boy. <laughs> so what else is um going on out there in Idaho? Are you, um, how are the women treating you out there? That's the real important question here. Oh, geez. What's going on there? Uh, no, nothing the in the bullpen. Part, unless you're in certain areas, you don't want to deal with the, uh, the women that are out here. I mean, uh, oh, shit. Seattle, Seattle winning. Oh. <laughs> Hell, this is the area that had the, uh, the autonomous zone. Uh, remember? I do. 
which I remember not only have, have, did I have to pull orders and stuff out of there, <laughs> I, I actually found a protest comms after uh, one of the little protests that had me, uh, I had to actually uh, turn around. Wow. Uh, which I had not done since. You know, I mercilessly mocked them once I found their protest, their uh, communications hashtags. Had them actually trying to find me, <laughs> was taking pictures inside of their borders. They, oh, he's over there. He's on the pilot. the Little they know I took that 40 miles five minutes ago. <laughs> Nice. Oh, God, that was fun while it lasted. I mean, but as far as uh, Seattle uh, is concerned, you know, it's pretty much pretty much calmed down. Portland, a whole other story. They're still trying to burn buildings down. They're yeah, going crazy out, out there. Troops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of tempted to drive down there to go, uh, you know, go uh, pop some popcorn and just uh, watch the show. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. I mean, these are the end times, as I was saying earlier, and uh, throughout the program. Could COVID-19 be rapture for some of these folks? I don't know. Could be. Is this a sign of this um, year's had it all? <laughs> is this a sign from God? No, you know what the sign was. You, you guys mentioned it on the show earlier. It was the uh, the murder hornets. That that was a sign for me, man. The mo- Once we got the murder hornets <laughs> showed up, you know, like, okay, all hell's broken loose. That's when shit got real, huh? Oh yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, only here could that happen. <laughs> well, my friend, I have to say it's been quite the year so far. 2020. Barely halfway through it, too. I know. There's so much. There's so much. Oh, man. What, what's oh, next, speaking though? Speaking of the whole COVID thing. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I, I had actually, well, I don't know if you heard this. I, this is a pinned, uh, I think at least one of these is a pinned tweet on my uh, Instagram, or not Instagram, Instagram at the goddamn bacon, by the way. Twitter handle, I think I follow you on there, uh, that bacon comments. I believe you do. Um, I, I Yeah. I actually uh, did a show because I had heard, well, it, I don't remember exactly which official this is. I think it was in Cook County. But essentially, uh, as far as we're on to go, not saying it isn't real. It certainly is. But what uh, what this lady said kind of confirmed uh, what they've been joking about this whole time. You know, uh, you know, woman drives off cliff, dies of coronavirus. <laughs> right. Old man uh, hit with a grand piano, uh, falling out of a seven-story building, dies of coronavirus. Had COVID. And this lady pretty much confirmed this, said it. Basically, every death, you know, if you had some positive test, they counted it as a uh, as a Rona death. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable what's going on. Oh, yeah. I agree, man. This is strange. Even with everything I've talked about here tonight, I still do admit that things are a little odd. Even with the testing and how things are being accounted for, the deaths that we are seeing, and again, the recovery rate, something that isn't really being heavily talked about in the mainstream world. Oh, no. No, they're not talking about that. They're not talking about any, a lot of the tests that are being false positives, too, by the way. Uh, I don't remember exactly. I know it has this. It's a... It's a uh Kind of, kind of a retrovirus like the uh, the HIV one, like you guys were talking about. Why yeah. it has for the effects that it does. That's why well, it stays in the, the system. Ooh, well, yeah, it's insane, man. Again, it is very. Who would have predicted that any of this was going to happen? Young, you said I think well, either you or Charlie uh, said you know you have parents uh, that are in their eighties said they've never seen anything like this. Yeah, I've confirmed it with my old my own folks. You know, with a whole lot of other people, nobody has seen anything like this before. I mean, nobody. You know, you're right. Everything's still new. Crazy things, man. Yeah, but everything's still very new. We are learning something every day. Of course, some people are going to every day. Yeah, of course, some people are going to be wrong with some of their information. You should expect that when this is an entirely new virus. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, what was his name? Uh, was, who was listening to? Uh, he was straight from before uh, before you came on safety doc at uh, safetyphd.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been talking about this a lot. You know, I just how you know, like we've been pretty much chaos and uh, you know craziness just uh, you know for the last few months now. I've been enjoying and it. To be it, honest with you, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you. You and me both, laughter at humanity it's show. Fucking like, nuts. That for a reason. I've been loving it, my friend. And Scott Baker in the chat weighs in uh, two thirds population USA wiped out by 2025. Oh, don't give me, don't get my hopes up, Scott. Jesus Christ. I know, Scott. Don't be such a cock tease. God damn it. <laughs> I have uh, one final question for you. Uh, I know you. I know you. Uh, you've talked about the last thing before, and if you, if you want to wear it. That's fine. I, I'm completely lazy fair about that. Um, uh, are they really? Uh, I think you're in California, right? I'm in California, right? Okay. Way down um, south. Way down south. Uh, south where? The dirty south. Um, very close to the Mexican border. Oh. So I'm way the fuck down here. You're in Calexico or something? Calexico is the next town over where Trump uh, went oh. and talked. So you're right. Oh, okay. You're close. Right. No, I'm, I'm actually from uh, from Inglewood. Oh, really? So, I think I may have been down there at one point. Yep. How the hell did you end up in Idaho? Well, I'm not in Idaho. I'm in uh, Seattle, Washington. I'm in uh, Cascadia. Um, home of the murder hornets. I see. Interesting, yeah, interesting. Um, let's just say I had my reasons for escaping. I'm so glad I did. Um, oh, I was wondering how uh, they're enforcing the whole mask thing uh, down there. Like, are they actually enforcing or, or like, fines being handed out to uh, restaurants no, or anything like that? Yeah. That, uh, no, no fines, my yeah. friend. But, I mean, I went to uh, Jack in the Box a few days back, and uh, they refused to give me my food unless I put on a mask. I didn't have a mask on at the time, and I didn't have it with me in the car. And uh, the lady... At the window, she said, pull your T-shirt over your nose and mouth. And I just thought, okay, shit. Man, it is, even even for me, it has been real amazing. I, I, there's no real enforcement up here as well, uh, which I, I've been waiting. To, I've been waiting for to, I told them, hey, let me know when you start throwing people in jail uh, before we start doing that. Right. You know? And I have a face shield that I carry, like an actual chemical face shield. Um that I'll, I, I, I just kind of like just carrying around everywhere I go. I'll put another picture on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know about you, but even for me, it's amazing just how, uh, national socialists we, uh, we got just literally overnight. <laughs> oh, like, that's the way it goes. Account, yeah. We're not in yeah, control. This, this is, that's another thing people. Very revealing, man. <laughs> very revealing. It, it lets people know that we aren't exactly as free as you would like to um, believe my friend we're not as free as we're led to believe oh and the worst part is you know we're, we're okay with uh, basically imprisoning ourselves but i'm i'm just waiting to see the uh the uh the boss car star showed up by the way did you hear uh what was going on in the arkansas no please do tell long story short the uh national guards deployed and they're taking some of the uh, people who tested positive uh quote unquote and they're uh, putting them in like mandatory centers down there. Really? You know, mandatory camps. I am not. Say they're kind of concentrating them. I've not heard of that, but we do have the National Guard out here next to the uh, local hospital. They're doing the mobile testing. Oh, God. So uh, essentially, the way I could really sort of sum it up to you, the way it looks out here in El Centro, California, where I'm located, people are talking oh. about a second wave, my friend, but where I'm at, we are barely. Sort of going through the first wave. 
So, like months later, to, to be honest, we're, we're finally catching up. Uh, my county is to the bigger places. All right. So, I mean, we're slowly catching up to the rest of the United States in terms of um, COVID-19 positive cases. Uh, the death rate, not exactly too high. The recovery rate is actually quite well uh, out here. I will I will say that because the numbers don't lie. We, we have plenty of positive recovery rates out here. It's it's it hasn't been that bad, but the fact that we sort of have been a little bit overrun here, th- this hospital in particular, we've actually had to fly people from this hospital to other hospitals in, in Southern California, uh, transferred rather to other places. So it, it definitely has been pretty packed here. Well, I can imagine. And, uh, oh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad to get that kind of updated. You know, LA, I've heard kind of the same thing. One more thing before I uh, get out of here. Ahead, Scott brother. Baker just had, uh, mentioned contact tracing. Uh, have you heard of that before? Of course. Okay. Of course, of course. Um, they, they're starting to, uh, ramp that out here. I know, uh, they're doing that in Australia. Um, if I remember correctly. And I, that is one of the first things I talked about. I actually went on the safety docs, uh, show. What is it? 135, 136, something like that. Um, and one of the things I actually did was I, uh, took a old, uh, well, sort of old, uh, radio head that has an audio jack. Right. I went ahead and installed that in my vehicle. So, because previously I was using a Bluetooth uh, speaker to listen to podcasts and stuff, but now I'm hardwired so I could turn the Bluetooth off. The mm. reason I did that is how contracting works, contact tracing works in a nutshell is even if you turn your phone off, you're, you, you can still be uh, tracked um, if uh, an agency wants to find you. But the way the contact tracer works is uh, if, you, like, say, if we're in the same room, my Bluetooth comes in contact with yours, and I end up catching, you know, getting down with the Rona. Um, whatever agency is doing that can actually, uh, you know, trace and co- contact you to ask if you have symptoms. Now, I'm not one to say where exactly that's going to go, but given a whole lot of things in the, you know, history repeating itself, uh, circa pre World War Two, I, I, I've got my guess. So, so that's been my technique to kind of defeat that. Understood. You know, yeah, so if anybody's at the, you know, turn your Bluetooth off. If turn it off. actually worried about that. <laughs> right. Well, just the simple fact of owning a cell phone, you have already compromised yourself. Fair. Which well, is unfortunate. You know, well, uh, well, until we get the vaccine that, uh, you know, probably is going to come with a little bit of machinery. Uh, at least with this tracking device, you can uh, either brass foster or leave it somewhere else, you know. So there, there's that silver lining. Right. We will see. So once again, I do want to thank you, my friend, for calling in. Thanks for uh, the call there. Good to uh, hear you. Of course. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I've been enjoying your uh, program ever since I heard of it. Very nice. I'm glad you found this, my friend. It's it's a bit of a acquired taste. No, that, that's fine for me, man. Just a whole lot of things, uh, you know. It was just saying I do. I'm I am I am the one that uh, jumps in with both feet and a lot of noise. <laughs> After how she hopes. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Once again, thank you for calling in. All right. Thank call you in very again. Much. Yeah, call in again yeah. in the future. We'll do. Uh have plugged my uh, site again before I hang up. No worries. Well God bless my friend. Stay safe out there. All right. We'll do. Bye-bye. Take care.
Gotta love that. I, I love telling people, God bless you, even though I am an atheist. I think that's always fun and lovely to do. Oh, yes. And uh, now you can call in. I know I saw a couple numbers calling in during that phone call. We are almost out of time here, so call in if you have anything to add. That number is 760-332-8965. You see the number on the screen. Call in. Call in before we pull it down. Oh, yes. So, yes, back to my point here. Earlier, I was talking about the complaints I was receiving. But, yes, the marauders were very angry with my words, my chosen words, those that are very upset over grown men kissing other grown men on the mouth and their kids. I mean, again, that's your deal, not mine. Go ahead and kiss away. Now, in terms of Mike, back on point here, you know, the, the program started late. I was having trouble with the audio equi equipment here, and I believe the guest was even having some audio trouble for most part. It's been a, a bad night, so I started late, and I apologize for that. I'm very sorry I started late, but the show must go on, and I had talked to Mike previously, and he's been going through some issues. I, I hate to say this, but his poor, his poor bird died. Can you believe that? Yes, the bird that you would hear sometimes in the background has passed. And I felt terrible for it. He was talking to me about it just the other day. So he was a wreck. And I had told him, well, let me back up. He had first initially mentioned that he was going to be shooting some video. And I thought, excellent. But he has to wake up early. So I told him, I might go ahead and I just get some rest and, you know, sleep. Get your sleep in there. And that's what happened. I, I had the notion that he would be asleep and away. But when the show came back on, my uh, Skype, for some reason, the program uh, was frozen. And I did not. Here, here's the thing, folks. I'm on two different computers. And uh, I have two, two separate Skype accounts going on at once. And where I make contact with Mike, that computer was frozen. So I thought, God damn it, I can't just turn something off now and bring him on. And I wasn't even sure if he was going to be here or not. And then I see text messages of Mike here, and he's wondering what's going on. So a bit of a miscommunication issue went on, and I explained to him what happened. So that's what happened. And yes, Mike and the bird, that was an issue there. Mike had to do a, a video in the morning, I thought, and I wanted the man to get some rest. And of course, he had the issue with the bird. So it's been a pretty bad uh, few days here for Mike. And I told him, you know, it's time to take a little time off, rest up, do your thing, get your mind right. But apparently, Mike uh, was feeling better, I guess, because he was messaging me earlier. But I, I didn't see those messages until very late in the game here. So that is what happened, and Mike is fine. I believe he's okay now. So that's your update on uh, Mike, and he, he will be back, don't worry. Yes, poor Mike. I feel bad for him. And moving forward, our friend Mr. Jeffrey Prather of the Prather Point, he has also been officially canned. According to our friend Mr. Prather, he put out an email stating that his show has been canceled. 
and it was upper management's call. That's what he relayed. He said that he is despised by the deep state and feared by fake news. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He is still going to continue to do his show on YouTube and other various online platforms. I personally think he should have been focused on his YouTube channel uh, way before terrestrial radio. I, I even encouraged Mr. Von Weehunt to do the same. Pretty soon they will go after everyone on terrestrial radio. Hell, I can't even get a job in radio now. I've tried. I've had offers, which were very low, by the way. And I can't do, I can't just do this for fun anymore. You know, this, uh, I, I can't do this for, for fun, folks. I'm not a kid anymore. That doesn't pay the bills. I'm a wartime show host, damn it. We've got bills to pay around here, and I've got communism to fight. In any event, Mr. Prather was also encouraging his listeners to email the station or call the, the line there to voice your opinions. He also seemed like he's dealing with legal issues. He mentioned attorneys in his email. Regardless, if you want to help Mr. Prather, that's uh, jeffreyprather.com. And of course, send your best wishes to Mike as well. Yes, Mr. Jeffrey Prather, my goodness. He is the victim of cancel culture now. Or maybe his um, ratings were bad. I don't know. Maybe the station is, isn't doing so good. I don't know what it was. I like the show, though, so I'm surprised they gave the guy the axe. On the bright side, at least they didn't fire him Christmas week like they traditionally do in the radio industry. I know, right? Yes, be careful, my fellow show hosts out there. I know you listen to the show. I know you are always worried about your gig, you smaller show hosts out there on terrestrial radio. They will come for you eventually. Speaking of cancel culture and just general pettiness, this YouTube channel and the other one I have both were targeted by some nefarious individual that had an issue with uh, Mr. James Fetzer. Not me personally, but... He did go after me on this program here, and I think you know who that individual was, and I got caught in, in the crossfire. And that is what happens sometimes in life and in business. Guilty by association. Sometimes people have chosen not to jump on here because of some individual that has been on the show. Doesn't matter if it was yesterday or 10 years ago. That's how some folks are. And I've experienced that a few times in the past here, and uh, in regards to other issues that go on, people are very, very petty. So don't ever be surprised by anyone's pettiness, folks. Yes, Victoria, you are right. Poor Fetz. Speaking of James Fetzer, I'm going to have to bring him back on, as we usually do. He's sort of a regular here, if you haven't noticed. Mr. James Fetzer, a great man. And uh, yes, I'm looking at the time now. It's It's been about three hours. So yes, it is that time to wrap it up here. And I do want to thank all of you out there for being a part of the program yet again. I want to thank all of you out there, those who donated. I know there was someone else who had donated. I'm not sure. Oh, yes. Roman Hansen. Mr. Roman Hansen. He said, what about the eyes of darkness mentioning Wuhan 400? Quote, if I understand, the Chinese could use Wuhan 400 to wipe out a city or country. Page 353, 1981 version should be 1984 Orwell. Well, goddamn. 
Hit us with the heart stuff right away. But yes, thank you for donating. I wish you would have called in. Yes, Big Roman. That's right. Would have loved to talk to you. You should have called in. And now we take it home here. And before I pull this Larry Silverstein style, I must say it's been an incredible time yet again talking to all of you. It's been fun like old times. Me and you against the world. Isn't that fun? Oh, yes. Lots of emails I didn't get a chance to address here tonight. I apologize. I'll get into that later. More complaints. Love that, though. I, I love answering those emails. It it drives those folks even uh, even angrier, to be honest with you. They don't like that. They definitely don't want they definitely don't want me to address them here live on the air. They hate that. Yes, Kimberly, good night, me, Deacon. Oh, I, I guess you're saying good night to me or to someone else. I, I don't know what's going on there, Kimberly, but yes, good night to you. Roman Hansen, white chocolate I am. Yes, uh, Roman with the white chocolate there. Very nice. So once again, I want to thank everyone out there who reached out to me via email. Don't worry, I will answer your emails eventually. And yes, sometimes online to piss you off. Sometimes privately. You never know. Again, I do want to thank all of you out there. I love all of you out there. I really do appreciate all of you out there. Every single one of you. This has been a, a great night. I do want to thank all of you who called in. I want to thank the guest for calling in. That was fun. And don't forget, if you are a listener of the program and want to help fund the program, please direct yourself to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And that, in fact, is where you will find even more gold. I have to say, we do have more shows coming up for you, those that are subscribers to the Patreon. More shows are coming. And we do have a very special show coming up, I believe, on Tuesday with Mr. David William Perry, a very, very new a guest for everyone out there. Mr. David William Perry is a very, very interesting individual. He's been on TED Talk. He's been a speaker there. And of course, he, I believe, is the only openly gay pastor. That's right. And he is from the UK, Mr. David William Perry. He will be with me on Tuesday. He won't really be with me that way. Uh, you sick fuckers out there. But yes, he will join me in that regard and we'll tear the house down over on Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Sign up. And yes, calm down, Gary, local machine. Roman Hansen says the Church of Deacon. Oh, yeah, I agree. That's right. You know, I feel bad, folks. We are going to shut this down and I didn't get a chance to talk about Motley Crue's Tommy Lee. Mr. Tommy Lee with the face tattoos. Yeah, I came across a random article, boys and girls, of our friend Mr. Tommy Lee with that beautiful face uh, tattoo. <laughs> oh, God. I'll, I guess I'll save that for the next show. I even have a friend with a face tattoo as well. I don't know what he was thinking, but there he is in all his glory with his face tattoo. Good Lord. Again, MichaelDeacon.com. Go there for all information on the program. I 
do need to update the website. And I will do so, of course. If you want bonus content, please go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And that is where we will be getting down. International listeners out there, thank you so much for your support. Interesting night yet again. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Is COVID-19 a sign from God? Or is it all bullshit, folks? Is it not a sign from God? Religious folks, send me an email. Stay safe, everyone. No matter what it is you do choose to believe, we certainly do admire you for your curiosity here on this program. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Bye.